0: To welcome you out to another episode of the Lodestone Training and Consulting Podcast. My name is Jared Ross, and today I'm joined with Chris Johnson and Kirk. Glad you guys are here. Uh, today's podcast, we're going to be reviewing uh, Lodestones 2020. So, we're going to talk about the year, the stuff we've done, some of the craziness that we've all seen and experienced, uh, and then we'll get into what's ahead for the future. Uh, to start out with, we want to give you guys a heads up. Uh, for the 30 60 and 90 coming up in january 23rd it's going to be a four women everyday carry seminar that's going to be at f3 tactical followed by it for the 60 and at february 20th and 27th is going to be the intel level two workshop
1: i really looking forward to this it's going to be two days uh with a week of doing some homework in between i'm going to be with you guys on that wednesday uh via Webex, where we can communicate and I can help guide you guys. But this is where we're going to not only collect information, but we're going to actually make the sausage. We're going to produce Intel products that can be used to make decisions off of.
0: Cool. And then coming up in April 16th and 17th is the first for the year, our LandNav, this is going to be the Lowlands Workshop.
1: Yes, Lowlands will be down in Maryland again. Uh, This is... Orienteering. This is getting out there, walking on an azimuth, walking at a distance, measuring your pace count, finding points in the woods, uh, using the train to uh, channelize your movements so that you don't get lost.
0: Cool. Look forward to running those. All right. So today, uh, let's start off just talking about 2020. It's been quite a quite a year, full of all kinds of, of zaniness and, and craziness.
1: Best year ever. <laughs>
0: I honestly think it's going to be better than 2021 is going to be.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think we're going to have a new definition of dumpster fire in 2021.
1: <laughs> no doubt. Well, you know, big year for me. Uh, this was the year I retired. So I'm not saying I've been looking forward to 2020 for a long time, but uh, I knew that it was on the horizon, the major changes in my life. And then uh, because I can't do anything the easy way, I went hand and threw all these other problems in there. Sorry if some of you got dragged along with, you know, my drama of, you know, government shutdowns and restrictions. And, but I wanted to do things hard, you know. <laughs> I, I can't just move to a new state. I have to move to a new state that has draconian laws, or not laws, uh, restrictions. You know, sorry, my fault.
2: Well, hey, if, if, if it's not hard, it's not fun, right? Right. You yeah, know, you've you got to go. have a challenge. Yeah. I mean...
1: No one goes out just to the lake and then talks about it at work. Like, yeah, man, I paddled on this smooth lake. It was just... No, you're like, I did a level five rapids this weekend. Man, I thought I was going to die. I'm alive.
2: Well, I, I think the, the level five rapids is probably an apt description of 2020. You know, it, it certainly, it's been up and it's been down. Uh, you know, here in Pennsylvania, we, we had the, the months long of the, the lockdown and all of the conflicting rules, and what what I think is good and, to se-
0: Well, those rules, that they seem to apply to some, but, but not others. Well, exactly. Yeah. And,
2: and what I think is good to see now, uh, you know, speaking in, in our little December to January 4th lockdown, is that uh, a whole lot of people are no longer obeying them. Yes. You know, because I think it's been pretty much uh, proved that, you know, uh, uh, dining at restaurants is
1: not a big deal. I like being referred to as a science denier by a science denier. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I find that, you know, I've never had that experience. You know, i coming from Tennessee. I didn't have that science denier who is getting up there and saying that I'm denying
2: well, when, science. Well, perhaps that's because you're from Tennessee. I, I, yeah. don't, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm embracing it, you know. a oh, science denier. Okay, well, you know, let, let, let's review if the world is really round then. If we're going to start seriously calling me a science denier... Uh, i i think that that's something you can embrace so so
0: an example of uh that warmed my heart of people you know just ignoring it and sticking it to the man that was uh at at the conclusion of our uh, freedom day last Saturday, so everything was done, wrapped up and and we drove off and it was dark at that point, and we usually stop at that uh the gas station right by Indian town Gap. Usually stop there, get something to drink, then, then then drive home. Well, attached to that gas station is that restaurant. They have the big, they've had the big outdoor um, uh, tents and everything. So as I drove up last Saturday, in the midst of, of this, you know, this lockdown and we can't do, you know, can't eat in, indoors in restaurants. So as you drove through, the parking lot was packed mm-hmm. and the inside of that restaurant was filled with people. So it's good old Lebanon County, you know, once again, sticking it to a. To Governor Wolf, that was that was nice to see.
2: Yep, shout out to Around the Clock Diner in York, they uh, stayed open for the first one, mm-hmm. and they're open for the second one, and they have no tables
1: available ever. So that's awesome, yeah, good for that. Keep supporting these businesses, yep.
0: All right, so I guess we can just segue right into uh, let's start the beginning of the year. So we had uh, with COVID scare, um. And a lot of us at the time, you know, January, February, we honestly really weren't sure what was going on. I vividly remember watching some of the video that got supposedly smuggled out of, of China, watching, you know, people wobble on the streets mm-hmm. and just collapse. Um, so Getting that,
2: welded into apartment buildings. Yes, yes,
0: yeah. yeah. That was happening. So that's... Kind of scary. Go ahead.
1: And for those of you out there that are listening, you got to understand that Jared and I have a background where we have been trained in biological warfare. (laughs) Like, I mean, we've had, like, war games and scenarios where we have thought about, you know, major enemy powers using biological weapons against the United States. So it's not that I wasn't taking this serious at all, because this is definitely a possibility. But what we saw wasn't exactly what we were being sold.
0: Yeah. In, at this point, you know, who knows, was it real? Was that legit? Or is that just a psyops campaign that the Chinese government was, you know, running on us and the rest of the world? Uh, who, who knows? But I know at, at the time, January, February, uh, I was concerned. I think in, oh, every yeah. Uh, yeah. intelligent person was concerned too, just, you know, what's going on and trying to, you know, figure this, this stuff out. So I know it affected us where we had a lot of seminars in person set up and some live fire classes and uh, we, at the beginning we we canceled those, we postponed those, yep. um just to be cautious. It kind of sucked, but you know it, it was what it was doing the right thing yeah, uh during that same time, I remember getting a an email or a text or, or or somewhere from from uh we got messaged from from somebody who I know he's taken a lot of classes from us, um a lot of live fire classes, but he also in the in September of twenty nineteen he attended our food storage, introduction to long-term food storage class. So his message, it must have come in late February, early March, was, you know, thank you for all the training. Who would have thought that of all the classes I've taken that the food storage class was the was the one that I would get the most out of and actually put to use? So that was, that was kind of cool. Yeah. Well, we've
1: been told for years that the prepared will not fear. And that was one of the things that I noticed when I went into work. I was still active duty at the time. And I had senior Green Berets. I mean, guys that, you know, they're seasoned. They've been around panicking because they don't have toilet paper. (laughs) And I I remember vividly having the conversation with this man. who's was like, I only buy four rolls. I'm a minimalist. And I was like, who does that? Exactly. You know, I mean, yeah. I have four daughters I prepare, you know. Well, <laughs> there, and there's some things you don't run out of, you know.
2: You know, we, we have different backgrounds both personally and and professionally. And uh, even and even though we have those different backgrounds, we're, we're both of the same mindset. And it's funny to me, uh, how many people that i worked with in the past or knew that came out of the woodwork looking like, "Hey, uh, <laughs> uh what, what what do you think I should do?" you know. Uh, what how, what's the best way to stock up? And you know, uh, one of mainly because I'm kind of a smartass. Uh, uh, my first reply was, "Well, you know, the best thing you could have done was six months ago." Exactly. You know, because once once the runs start, uh, it you're too late. Well, you know, well, I was. Uh, I'm a, I'm embarrassed
0: to say uh, how many. So I won't put out a number out there. But even one is embarrassing. But uh, more than that, of Fellow Green Berets who uh should have known better. Well, definitely should have known better. But you know, like in March, April, getting contacted. Hey Jared, so uh do you have a, a an extra Glock you wouldn't mind selling? Oh, oh yeah. hey, do you know where I can get, get an AR? I'm like, what? You're you're a Green Beret, you, you don't have an AR? Yeah. And and you know where somebody else I would have sympathy for, and I'm like, okay, let's let me see what I can do. But but those guys I'm like mm-hmm. I'm sorry bro, sucks to be you
1: I threw a franking gun together for my brother-in-law But I mean He's not one of us So yeah, Yeah. he he didn't have something You know Um, I I was like, I really wanted to tell those guys there is this thing, maybe you've heard of it It's called, I
0: don't know, Robin Sage Did you not learn (laughs) Some lessons from from said experience But
2: yeah, whatever Well it, it was nice, you know, no longer being the weirdo (laughs) <laughs> because uh, uh I I I stopped counting at 10 people. You know, I had people that I worked uh-huh. with 10 15 years ago yeah. uh getting a hold of me through you know social media and and like third tier social media like LinkedIn. You know, I get LinkedIn messages, "Hey, it's so and so. You remember? Yeah, we worked together, you know, in 2008. Hey, do you still do anything with guns?" Cause you know we're thinking. I'm thinking it's time to start oh. buying a gun.
0: You say, "I got a great Turkish Mauser. I could sell yeah. it." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly,
2: exactly. Well, four hundred dollars. Well, man, there, there's if you're selling guns, now's the time to yeah, do really. it. If you're looking to pare down that collection, but the, the sheer volume of people, and some of it's understandable. You know, uh, uh, like my wife's friends who live alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them, if they didn't have a gun. Uh, you know, well, I never considered it before Yeah, and like, well, that's reasonable. I, I, and, I, you
1: know, that is definitely something like, I am not mocking anyone that no. this is the first year they thought about improving their security and yes, absolutely. Yeah. that yeah. awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I, well,
0: I think all of us, well, those individuals, we will do anything and everything within our power yeah. and sphere of influence to help them out, get them trained, get them the things oh, that yes. they need. Yeah. It's, it's the people that, that should know better. That, that I have no sympathy th- th- for it.
1: Th- we have a little little tongue-in-cheek and yeah. humor with. But I'll be honest. I have bought more guns this year. I mean, I'm not saying more guns than I've ever bought. But, I mean, as I've seen them, you know, I was in uh, Lenko and they had a shotgun. I was like, I don't like shotguns. But that's the shotgun that I was told to buy. I'm buying that shotgun. Yeah. You know, um, more of that impulse buy than I normally would have done. I normally think about these things. But... Yeah, I am am grabbing stuff like that. Uh, You and I, uh, Kurt, we we joked about um, washing your groceries. Yes. Okay. My grandfather was, you know, you're a product of your environment. He grew up in Columbia. Um, He was a chemist. He knows all the pathogens and and, um, pesticides that are sprayed in warehouses. So anything that came into his house got washed. Now, the man, towards the end of his life, got a little paranoid and uh, the, probably one of the greatest days or the happiest I've ever seen him was the day that I handed him a bottle of hand sanitizer <laughs> and he realized he could clean his hands anywhere. He was thrilled. So he was a little on the far side of the spectrum, but that was what I grew up with. I, yeah. You bring a canned good into the house, it gets yeah. put in the sink, soap water, rinse it off, dry it off towel, it goes on the shelf. Yeah. Um, you know,
2: well, and that's like, like you, uh, and, and when this started and you started seeing like wow they're welding people into apartments in in China, uh, that's you know, like I say, that's one of the things my, my wife didn't like it at first, but when she decided you know, decided, well, wait a minute, maybe this is a good idea. Yeah. You know, yeah, we'd get all the groceries and you know, it's March and we're we're freezing outside, but we're using alcohol wipes to, to wipe, down, we, we wipe did, down the groceries. We did the exact
0: same thing. And yeah. again, I, I know I've heard of kids and we set up a, an assembly line, mm-hmm. and we did that um, probably—well, definitely started in February. And I think we probably did that in through April. We mm-hmm. might have even be doing that into May before we're really starting to see, okay, yeah. this is not nearly as bad as it's no. being purported. And no. then we—I forget exactly when, but then we eventually stopped yeah. doing that. But yeah. we did it
1: for a while. Well, yeah. You know, one of the things that I like about this is there's so much in the community of the machismo. You're know, like, oh, I'm too hard for that. All three of us are explaining how, no, we took precautions. Mm-hmm. You know, it, we're not like, no, I'm going to go bite a hobo because I'm <laughs> going to show you how good my immune system is. Uh, no, you take precautions. You yeah. do these things. You, it, it's part of the preparatory mindset. Um You don't take unnecessary risk. And that's why when we find ourselves in this position where – I'm wearing a mask out of politeness to that business owner who I don't want to see get fined. That's when I, I started down in Tennessee when they were fining business owners. Yeah. $200 if they found someone in their store that wasn't wearing a mask. I'm like, okay, I have to. Yeah. I can't be rude you know, because I know this is a joke. I know this piece of cloth is doing nothing. I've studied chemical and biological warfare. I know how pointless this is. But to that business owner, I have that respect for them. Oh,
2: you know, totally. Totally.
0: Uh, I re- remember I don't know when it was, probably February, but just when the the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania first started saying you know I don't know tomorrow we're gonna enact all, all the lockdown and, and all that stuff. So um, that evening you know right before um, the the first lockdown happened, my wife and I, we rarely get to go out or we rarely make the time. To, to go out and uh, go on a date, but we decided that we we're going to do it that night. So we went to uh, to a local hibachi place, had a nice hibachi dinner, uh, you know, together. And then as we're leaving, we're like, you know what? We've got we don't really need anything. we're prepped, but there's the grocery store over there. We don't have any ice cream. I bet the kids would enjoy enjoy some ice <laughs> yep. cream. So we walked over there just to get a couple half gallons of ice cream, and we walked into a madhouse. Oh yeah. People were going crazy. I saw some lady almost running with her her cart filled with 12, 18 loaves of the whitest bread you ever saw. Yeah. No nutritional value whatsoever, but she has her 18 loaves of bread. People were, were just, I mean, it was nuts. The shelves were bare. People running back and forth. And Abby and I just like looked at each other. We started laughing. <laughs> we're laughing. as oh, yeah. we want this ice cream. You know, The ice cream hadn't been, hadn't been taken yet. Everything else was. All the white bread was clearly gone. But just funny how... Seeing the panic yeah. and we're, we're, we're completely fine. We're completely, you know, laughing
1: at, 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 the insanity. Hey, it's called Wonder Bread for a reason. Yeah, exactly. Okay.
0: Yeah. Anyway, so it's one of the things that we did because we've started to um, cancel and we started to postpone um, some of the classes seminars is we, we looked at zoom and uh, I was concerned with some of the security at the time with zoom. So it's a little bit better, uh, maybe with security. I don't know. Some of you are out there probably laughing at that, but we went to, to WebEx, so we got a WebEx account, and we started running some seminars and stuff uh, via WebEx. Uh, we got a lot of positive feedback on it, but I just was never happy with uh, with the overall product.
2: Well, I think when you when you look at virtual meetings and, and virtual. Uh, the the whole virtual concept as a whole lot of businesses learned this year, there's a lot more planning that goes into it than you think, Mm -hmm. you know, and and it's not easy. I I think a whole generation of workers now are familiar with how difficult it can be to do uh, a zoom meeting and and kids in particular, you know, nobody was prepared to move to a virtual uh, schooling model. Right. And, it, it's tough mm-hmm. and, and I think everybody had those kind of little speed bumps. Uh, I think we did pretty well, but there, there's there's all those little speed bumps like just getting the, the, the address out. you know just getting the, in, the WebEx invites out to the right people yeah. and making sure everybody's muted. you know and, and just those little things. Well, uh, we even tried um, we even tried for
0: all the uh, all the team members the alpha team members to do just a special thing with them. I was, I originally did, this, Hey, at least once a month, let's get together and talk at, amongst anything, maybe p- present some information. And, uh, man, that was almost a near disaster. Yeah. Cause a good group of people and everybody wanted to talk. So now you're getting feedback and everyone is <laughs> like, it was, it, it was too much.
2: Yeah. It's um, it's like herding cats. Yeah, it really is. You know, cause you can't, you have no visual cues that anybody wants to talk, you know? So it, it's tough.
1: Yeah. And we looked at it, you know, we did the, uh, one of the LandNav seminars yeah, over WebEx. And, uh, you know, Murphy, you throw technology in, and Murphy is going to make it. He's going to mess things up. So Enoch and I, we got here four hours early. We set up lights. We set up multiple cameras. We had different programs that were running the cameras. We had it all working, and we tested it and tested it and tested it. We had it set up so that Enoch could sit there and, you know, he could do that whole thing. Uh, dynamic presentation I had different things I wanted to show on the board and you know I had different slides and he was going to do that and then we go to go live and Murphy rears his head and everything <laughs> craps out mm-hmm. and we're down to one camera and it's like so frustrating yeah. because you don't get that live interaction and I'll tell you from and, you know Jared you you completely agree with me interacting with a class and we'll read the body language of the students is so key when you're just looking at a little red light mm-hmm. and you're trying to, uh, I don't know if they're getting it. I don't know if they're understanding this concept. And no one's saying anything. And you're like, do you have any questions? Well, it's hard enough in a class where you've got 20 strangers that someone's going to raise their hand. You've got 20 people on a WebEx. No one's raising. No, you know, yeah. I don't want to embarrass myself in front of these people. So I'll just sit here and be quiet. Very frustrating. Very yeah. difficult. We did learn a lot from that. So we did, yes.
0: And what's nice is now since we've been tasked by that one uh, agency mm-hmm. to set up a weekly WebEx um, seminars yeah. you know, for them and for their agents. That's that's
1: and because and that's the way that they're they're training right now. Yeah, and they have to train. You know, they have to, you know, stay relevant. So it is good. I'm glad that we have that experience because we've knocked a lot of that the, those kinks out. We've learned a lot of those things along the way. I concur.
0: So we tried that. It was okay, you know. I, I it wasn't like I said before. <laughs> it wasn't as good a product as I would have liked. So, and then also was seeing that COVID wasn't as bad as as it was being reported. So the WebEx and the live stuff just kind of we just kind of filtered that out, and then we started going back to uh, to doing stuff in person, whether out outside or whether you know doing seminars and you know doing. We ha- I bought that hand scanner to to scan temperatures and mm-hmm. stuff for, for yep. people. But one of the next big things that we did then, and it was the first time that we ran that, was the, that land land nav down
1: yeah. down in Maryland. And you know, it was it was all outdoors. It, it was very easy to be socially distanced when you're a kilometer away from each other, <laughs> walking and lane. You know, uh, there there was no problem there. Uh, man, I love that. That was everything that I had dreamed that class was going to be. We come together. Give that good refresher of what Good Land Nav is. Everyone using maps, compasses, walking lanes, walking through the woods. I love walking through the woods personally. Uh, finding points. We did it over two days, we had that nice uh, where we were able to do night land nav. So in the dark, walking on a compass heading, seeing why the Linzetta compass is has all of, you know the the grandeur and the glory that the military says that it has. Uh, The importance of it, Um, getting go over how to make a wet fire and do some of those little survival things that we threw them in there as kind of time fillers. Like, hey, we got we got to wait till it turns dark, and it's you know what was that April,
0: something like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So you know it didn't get dark till a little bit later, so we had to do those things that um, killed some time. And man, I, I was surprised at the interest. That, you know, like how to build a wet fire. Oh, that's exciting. And, and people got into it, um, which I love that stuff. Yeah. And then doing the next day and seeing the pro the progress. So first day where people are kind of stumbling through and kind of getting it next day where they have it and they're, they're it. so quickly and the feedback that they got of, okay, I, I failed, I learned, and now I'm successful. And just that small two day time was, was awesome. Yeah. It was a great class yeah
0: and it was a pretty neat environment too, oh with, yeah with the uh exi- the existing points and then you know it was lowlands there's some mm-hmm. some some water some some murky stuff yep. there. <laughs>
1: yeah. there there is some interesting terrain that yeah. makes it difficult to just walk on a heading but it's not impossible
0: yeah and then at the end um on the last day then we had the ability to run that, that group exercise. Hey, you're here. You need to go recover this person here. There's this other point of interest there. Then have them work together, send people out. That was a good team building. Good, get, good get the experience. taste
1: of the small unit tactics. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, that was a really good, really good class, really good course.
2: Well, and I, I think that I don't want it to be overlooked. I think one of the things that you just said, the, the in betweens, is really, I think, where you get a lot of value out of this and a lot of value out of a, a lot of our classes. When you're, okay, well, we just did this. Now we're going to take a 10-minute break so everybody can you know, get a drink and do whatever. And it's those little talks that you have with the students in that 10 minutes or that five minutes where you can relate some of your uh, experiences or some of that little knowledge, like building a wet yeah, fire, yeah. that to, to you or, or me is like, well, this is just, yeah, I know how to do this. It seems like the simplest thing in the world. Yeah. But to watch them learn how to do that. Well, well one of the next big events that we did then was we did the five-day.
0: Is that where you're going? Through? Yeah, I was yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, this is a perfect lead into yeah, cephalic. Exactly. So we, we did that the five-day uh, cephalic style uh, flat range. And really, what is that? As as an instructor for for cephalic, um, what we did is we just replicated that, that flat range. It's Very little difference. If anything, we added some stuff that we, you know, to make it a little bit better. What we had in there um, between drills and and between um, different teaching points, we had time set aside and and actually on on the POI for the points of instruction, the the, the curriculum, um, we had gunfight story, personal experience story. So we had all this stuff plugged in. And one of the feedback uh, that we, some of the feedback we got from that class was this one guy who is in law enforcement and he, um, is an instructor himself, runs his his own training and his own, his own classes. Uh, He said afterwards that it was one of the best classes, if not, if not the best firearms class he'd ever been to. But he said even better than the things and the reps and the stuff that he did on the range was those, those talking points. He said he learned more and grew more from listening to our experiences than, than anything he did on the live fire range, and he really appreciated us taking that time to share our personal experiences.
2: Yeah, and I think it's those little nuggets of information and that little personal experiences that really make the whole thing come alive.
1: Yeah, you know? we, we talk about, uh, or you know, we have the saying, uh, "Less talk, more rock." Mm-hmm. Because we will go in tangents and it is important. And the students do like it. And we do have a PY. We do have instructions that we're trying to get out. And that's one of the things I liked about Safalk is it was built in. We had that built in because it is important. Yeah. It, it, getting those experiences out and sharing that is vital and it is a good takeaway. And that's one of the things that I really liked about that five day is we had the time to do it. Yeah, um, You know, those were some long days Um but we weren't you know trying to get everything in in two or three days we had that time everyone got their reps in everyone got the breaks you know they needed it yeah um got the water in that they needed but it allowed us to drop those knowledge bombs and and those little nuggets in there and give that takeaway and that was great Uh, i loved the entire flow of that class um that's that was the class that when I was up here for that, I'm like, this is, this is happening. This, mm-hmm. this is going to be a, a viable, yes, thing. And we're going to be replicating this in the years to come. We'll do this multiple times a year.
0: Yeah. Well, already for, for the one for next year, it's one opening left before it's filled. Maybe two. The, mm-hmm. I think there may be two. We might have two more slots available before that one is, is filled. Um, yeah, for next year. And well and that same agency wants us to uh and yep. to, to to replicate mm-hmm. and do that for you know for some of their for some of their agents. So that's you know, really I think out of all the classes that I've taught now, both in the military as well as as professionally, um, that was probably the best class that I, I've ever taught. I've been a part of that. That was a good time. A Really good time. Good group of guys. Um, and as a good mix too. That one was a good mix of no, law great, enforcement great mix. and uh and Johnny Civilian.
1: Mhm. And everyone was so motivated. And, it, you know, you, you you know the good mix when they start to feed off each other. Mm-hmm. And they start to, you know, someone's having a bad day. And someone, another student turns to me and brings them up. I saw that so many times that week. It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So,
0: right about that time, that's when I think we started really seeing and experiencing the, the ammo crunch starting to, to kick in. So, well, I remember... Man. Feeling I was getting, feeling like I was getting ripped off in January, February of last year by paying a hundred and eighty-nine dollars for a case of nine mil, a
1: ball ammo, and uh, I I spent one hundred and seventy for a case, and that was with a military discount, and I was I almost didn't buy it <laughs> because I was like this is ridiculous, but now okay I'll go ahead and grab it,
2: yeah. yeah. See, I I felt like I've been getting ripped off for the last 20 years. You know, I can remember saying to myself, oh, my God, $120 for a 900-round case of South African 308, that's highway robbery, you know? And then $20 shipping on top of that, Mm. Uh, I'm good. I'm good. And, you know, now I realize I I should have liquidated my 401K (laughs) and, and put my 401K into South African 308. Because uh, I too bought, you know, managed to snag right at, at the end of February uh, a case of nine uh, millimeter training ammo mm-hmm. for $200. And I thought, well, you know what, that, that's not a terrible deal uh, because I started seeing prices go up. And uh, then I started seeing, you know, steel cased Wolf nine millimeter for $300 a case. And okay, <laughs> that's not terrible. Oh, that's right. The, the wolf cases are only 500 rounds. <laughs> wow, people are paying six hundred dollars for steel case nine millimeter. Yeah, you know, that's
1: I'm that's not rough. I'm not a horrible person, but I am. And when I was out in Utah and I would find ammo there at these small gun shops that were still like 32 cents around, I'd take pictures of what I bought and I'd send it back to all of you guys back here just mocking and laughing, you know. And I, eventually I think you got sick of me and stopped mm-hmm. you know, yeah, commenting. Be, stopped stopped that, responding. That's, yeah. that's yeah. why
0: I unfriended you.
2: Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> well, and what, what's, what's interesting is to see like the tangential uh, effects of that because, um, like, I, you know, you guys know I have a lot of weird guns in many in calibers that haven't been manufactured since before the Great War. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I used to do a lot of reloading. And even you know, components have dried up. You know, there's a great primer shortage of 2020. You can't find primers, and when you can, you need a second mortgage. Uh, and and you know it's bad when even the weird calibers dry up. You know, uh, bullets. I looked. I was looking for uh, 255 grain solid lead bullets, 45 caliber. They're 45 long Colt slugs. I use them to load 455 Webley because they're you know close enough. None to be had, you know. F- just regular 45 ACP hardball, just you know, mm-hmm. full metal jacket bullets. None to be had. Uh, so it it's really had a ripple effect because people have, have, you know, the reloaders always used to laugh at people like ha ha ha, you know, like I never have to worry about buying ammo. I just make my own. Well, all the make you know, all the preloaded ammo is gone, and now it's, all of a sudden everybody's buying up all the components for the make my own and it's just it's just a ripple effect Mm -hmm. and uh, it you know um, in some parts it's a little bit of schadenfreude you know shameful joy because all those reloaders who laughed like oh because i didn't want to spend hours resizing rifle cases well they're now hurting too
1: (laughs) so i'm yeah Uh, we all suffer together yes
2: now now we're all suffering together yeah really we're all
1: in the leaking boat
2: yeah, yeah. Well, I forget when it was, um,
0: April, May, maybe going into June. But I had a conversation with one of our buddies who who sells ammunition. And he likes to, he'll do whatever he can to, to give options up there. Even if he's, you know, it's super expensive and stuff, he'll at least have something. So if you've got the money, they're just an option um, to, to purchase something. And he was telling me he picked up a couple of pallets of 9 mil, and I think... At the time, this was you know, May June time frame. I think he told me it was he was paying five hundred and fifty dollars a case, uh, or a thousand rounds of, of nine mil, and that was his cost in order to get it. You know, to yeah. try, try to resell it, um, just so there was that option. And that that's just crazy how fast that that went. Um, and on top of COVID. Than we had that leading up to the crazy election where oh, more and yeah. more people were just trying to, to, to panic by. And, well, not just panic by. That, that's not—it's no, it, justifiable. Pe- people
1: are realizing yeah. that no one's coming. Yeah. And it's very interesting. So I—those of you who know, I have family that live on the West Coast. And uh, it's interesting, my friends and family out there, how their opinions have changed. How they're starting to realize— you know, maybe it is a good idea to have something. Um, And it's like we said earlier, I'm not mocking anyone that has never been in in this community that has for the first time opened their eyes and realized, I have a responsibility to take care of me and mine. Um, So there are a lot of new gun owners out there. And the ammunition industry, the amount of firearms that have been sold this year, they can't keep up. Uh, Was it federal that released that YouTube video uh, last week where he talked, the the CEO talked about, look, if we just made two boxes, we wouldn't be able to keep up, you know, per per person. Um, And I think why it feels so bad, personally why it feels so bad is I'm so used to showing up and having the trailer there. Mm -hmm. You know, you show up at the range and there's the trailer. And it's like, uh, I remember on one trip where, I broke three Glock 19s in a week because I was shooting so much nine mil. I mean, I was to go through a thousand rounds a day wasn't? It didn't even put a dent in yeah. the supply that we had, and we had the time to do the training. So yeah, let's get some good training in there, and let, let's let's really uh, push ourselves. And we were. Um, so to not have that, it feels like I am, you know. I'm going to go ahead and show my nerddom here, okay? Um, I find myself that, that, on it. A- that,
0: that, that's okay. I'll just have John edit it out. Go, okay, ahead. Yeah. go ahead. I find
1: myself on Arrakis, you know? I have <laughs> grown up my entire life looking at the ocean. And now I'm like, wait, what do you mean I got to drink my urine? <laughs> okay. You know, that, we're,
2: we're keeping that one in. Yeah. yeah I that, mean- that's an interesting way of looking at it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it's like I've come from where we've had this land of plenty. And now I find myself where I have to scrimp and save to, yep. you know, get anything.
2: And, yeah. and as a taxpayer, i just like to say, you're welcome.
1: I, I, <laughs> I appreciate it. You know, it, it's so hard as a veteran when people are like, oh, thank you for your service. I'm like, thank you for your support. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. know, I really appreciate it. Uh, you know, I liked having nice boots. Uh, that, that really helped. Exactly. I, I'm a huge fan of history and reading, you know, the Great War. Uh, <laughs> what they went through, it's like, oh, man, I, I'm i glad I had the support that I had. I'm glad that we figured out logistic chains. Yeah. Yeah,
2: and, and you know, again, I've, I've been contacted by so many people who've come out of the woodwork, and I think particularly during all that went on in Portland and all the rioting and all the defund the police, I think that's really driven that. And, you know, I had one guy, another LinkedIn contact. mm mm-hmm. Uh, I want to buy an AR-15, a shotgun, and a pistol. And, you know, again, I had to tell him, you're about six months too late. You know, I can't even find components to build yeah. an AR-15, yeah. let alone purchase one. There was a
0: guy um, who asked me to, to help him build uh, an AR, mm-hmm. and somebody who should have known better, and he wanted a specific barrel. So we, I managed to help piece together all the components and everything for him to build the ar he wanted except for the barrel and we waited about three and a half months for the right barrel to finally become available again and even then it was um it it was a ballistic advantage barrel and i saw that oh they've got they didn't have it yesterday they've got it today and uh i wanted to type in i wanted to buy two and then it like wouldn't let me buy two so like okay let me buy one well that's because there's only one barrel left Yep. So I happened to get the last barrel that day that, that it was available. Yep. That's why, you know,
2: it wouldn't let me have two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think uh, it's really been kind of a, a real eye opener for a lot of people, uh, you know, especially the, the rioting, you know, when, and it's like you said, nobody's coming. Mm-hmm. Well, that's exactly what happened. Nobody showed up. Yeah. You know, and, and I think it's a it, it's really sad to see that uh, and. It's not sad to pe- see people's eyes open. That's refreshing. But the circumstances of that, how it happened, I think that that's really sad.
0: Well, and it's only going to get worse.
2: Yeah. It, it's, it, it doesn't matter if,
0: if Trump pulls this out, because uh, I, I think, I mean, in my opinion, that election was definitely stolen. Anyone who's honest can look and see what happened, that Trump was the winner and Biden wasn't, but whatever. Um, so if, if Trump pulls it out, there's going to be rioting. It's going to be crazy. If Trump doesn't and Biden becomes the next president, they're coming after our firearms anyways. Yeah. Backed up with the lunatics that they're going to have rioting and, and doing crazy stuff on the streets. And really, like you said, it comes down to it's me. Yeah. No, nobody's nobody, coming. Nobody's coming. I need to do what I need to do for my family. And that's what everyone is starting to see yeah. and come to that, that realization.
1: It's one of those situations where I hate to be right. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I, it's, I was happy... Being the guy that people laughed at, like, "Oh, <laughs> yeah. you're building an ark. It never rains here." Ha 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 ha. I was more than happy with that. And now that it's starting to rain, I'm kind of, all right. I don't have a place for you. I'll do the best I can to help mm-hmm. you build an ark. Yeah. But um,
2: who's the weirdo now? I, yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, and, you know, along with that, I honestly believe that before you can uh, be codependent where you can trust somebody you can work with somebody you have to learn to be independent yourself so these people who are coming to that conclusion that no one's coming they need to learn how to take care of themselves first before they'll be able to effectively work with with other people that's just that's just the way that it is if not then you're not codependent now you're uh dependent and, and you're you're dependent on somebody else and you need to learn to be independent first you need to be able to do that um i had a a message from a, a good guy um shoot again it, it was probably march a really good guy who uh he contacted me he said hey jared um i have myself and three other really good shooters and they are good shooters He's like if things get crazy here where i'm at and it looks like it can we come to you because we know you have food we know you you're prepared we can shoot we can help defend but uh but but you know we're looking for a meal ticket we, we
2: we don't have food see this this that reminds me of a funny story so I, for many years i've drilled into my wife you know the whole idea of, of opsec operational security mm-hmm. personal security you know yeah i have all this stuff the rest of the world doesn't need to know that i have all this stuff because if something happens the rest of the world is going to come knocking uh-huh. right? well good
0: thing kirk is your you know your your pseudonym
2: your your fake name yeah yeah exactly so stage name stage name once the whole lockdowns kicked off and the covid thing kicked off uh one of the women that my my wife went to the gym with uh started talking about you know i have all the, i have all these preps you know hey, I, I bought two cases of toilet paper and all this water and all this food and then the next week she says hey i'm going i'm going tdy for two weeks and this is all up on Facebook, and oh. she she looked at that and she said, "You know what? That's exactly what you were telling me about. I, I, you know, I understood now. But this just makes it clear, because this woman just advertised that she has all, all this all these foodstuffs, all all the the paper products, you know, the rest of it. Advertised that she's had it. Now advertised that she's going to be away for two weeks, you know, and her house will be empty. And it it was. I just thought that was yep. You know, once again, you have that." justification mm-hmm. about what you do you know and people you know the big joke is oh well you know when when it all hits the fan i'm coming to your house mm-hmm. like well i'm okay but bring food or be prepared to be labor you know and perhaps if it gets bad enough eventually eaten and you know once <laughs> once you start talking about the whole eaten thing people you know ah, ha, ha, ha. and then you know you're serious. <laughs> You know, and that usually scares them off a little, yeah. but it, it's the truth. Oh, I'm coming to your house. No, you're not. You know, I, I'm responsible for my house, the people who live in it. And yes, I do stock extra just in case, but I, it, it's not handouts. You yeah. know,
1: it's not freebies. And, you know, it's not just uh, having the material goods, but it's educating. Like you said, you educated your wife, uh, I educate my children. I might not be there, yeah. you know. Uh, there, if if things become the way things could become, my girls need to know how to use every weapon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They need to know how to procure food. They need to know how to start fires. So when all this started happening, um, we we joked about apocalypse homeschooling. Yeah, um, I mean it was a complete joke. I mean I'm out there with my daughter showing her how to make a knife. Um, I'm out there. Teaching the girls, re-teaching the girls how to build like complicated fires. So like it's pouring down rain, we've soaked everything. How do we get a fire lit to get warmth? You know, um, how do we do a, a Dakota hole so we can um, conceal our smoke and, and our cook fire and things like that? Uh, we have to take the things that we know and we have to pass it on to those that we live with. And this is a, I hate to say a perfect time, but like you said, your wife is starting to recognize this. Mm. So we have family, friends, extended family, that may have been looking at us as a weird person, but now they're seeing there is relevance to this. This is the perfect time to invite them to come with you to a class, to invite them out to one of the seminars, and to, to get them so that they have some of this knowledge for themselves.
2: Oh, yeah, and, and surround them with people who are like-minded like you yeah. are, so they don't think you're the lone weirdo, you know. I'm reminded
0: reminded of a a conference call that I was a part of earlier in the year again probably the march um april time frame and um yeah I mentioned earlier just a couple minutes ago that you need to learn to be independent first and then after that that's when you can reach out and and, and help and and uplift and be codependent maybe with with another group or or help them out and stuff and too many people are are dependent so I was on this conference call with uh The leadership of my local congregation now of my local church congregation so I don't know maybe there's like maybe 10 of us who are all on this conference call and there were a couple problems presented hey some people might need some help and all that I heard and I was getting disgusted by these individuals all that I heard was we're afraid we can't do anything we can't you know oh if we go help that person then we might be exposed and and it was it was disgusting. It, there was no Christians on on that that phone conversation. Uh, there was no disciples of Christ. It was all people who I'm I'm panicky. I'm afraid. I, I I'm not independent. I'm dependent on everybody else. But I I can't be asked to do anything. And so I got irritated. And I I threw out there, hey, if there's someone needs help, we can do it. We can help somebody. We need to think of ways to to make it happen and do it, and not excuses why not. And so then I uh, mouthed out, you know told everyone. So if someone needs help, I've got Tyvek suits. I've got Tyvex hoodies. I've got gloves. I've got booties. I have pro masks with the right filters. If, if, if that's a real concern, so we can actually be proactive. We can actually be Christian. So we can actually go and help this person of our congregation and needs help. And that was met with, with shock and, and, and silence. Like oh, this, the thought of, you mean you're you're actually an independent person? You you can actually <laughs> yeah. you know go and be proactive and helping people. Uh, and then what I thought was even funnier is like a week or so after that, one of the individuals on this uh, um, conversation he uh, privately messaged me and he said, hey, you have all these resources and I don't have any, um, but this other person, this this organization doesn't have any, how about you know you give all your resources to this other organization that, that might be able to put them to use? And I just thought, you're crazy. So not only are you one of those, uh, for you uh, readers of the good book out there, not only are you one of those virgins who doesn't have any extra oil in your lamp, but you want to take my extra oil that is necessary for me in protection of my family and give it to somebody else who doesn't have any oil in the lamp. You're, you're crazy. I was thoroughly uh, disappointed in, uh, in those individuals and and, and with that whole mindset that, you know, it's just, we can't take care of ourselves uh, and we're not going to take care of, you know, we're not going to, as the ministers and the Christians and the leaders of this community, we're not going to do anything because we're just going to, you know, hide in our, our homes ourselves disgusting.
2: Well, and and what really bothers me about that because I, I had some similar cases too because mm-hmm. uh, I I'd been following this since way before mm-hmm. uh, and I bought masks. I too had okay maybe not for this but I had full chem suits mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. all of that 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 I bought. Uh, oh,
0: I I I had ten. Israeli children's pro masks I purchased, oh, yeah. I think, in the late 90s, just in case. I knew I was going to eventually have some kids. But yeah, yeah. anyway, go ahead. yeah
2: <laughs> And uh, uh, there was a big cry during the initial surge, like, oh, there's not enough personal protection equipment. Mm-hmm. If you have masks, you should donate them to the hospital. And what what bothered me and i think what still bothers me today even with the mask wearing is is all of this is is masked in in, in a virtual sig- virtue signaling and yes. shaming yes. that oh well you have that you're selfish for not sharing it Yeah. you know you have n95 masks because you had the foresight and, and and the situational awareness to buy them before they all disappeared and now you're selfish for not sharing them like no i i took care of my business when my business need to be taken care of. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't uh, go out and buy the 75 inch television and the big sound system. I bought a ton of N95 masks, which weren't cheap. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I bought all the survival gear and, you know, I use survival in a loose term, but right. I bought all that gear that may help me. I didn't run out of toilet paper. You know, I had two cases of Amazon 2-ply in my basement. and. Am I selfish for keeping that to myself? You know, I, I don't think so. I, I planned ahead. You know, instead of being the grasshopper, mm-hmm. I'm the ant. The ant's dull. I mean, I make no arguments there. The ant's pretty damn dull. But the, the, And the grasshopper's out having fun. But when winter rolls around, it really makes sense. And I'm a little tired of, of people virtue signaling and, and making it out like I'm selfish for that. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm not selfish. You're just dumb. <laughs> and and this has, you know, this whole thing, this whole dumpster fire of 2020 has had a, a tinge of, of shut for it, you know, shameful joy. Yeah. That you see people who, who've, you know, oh, I'm stupid for doing that, you know? Oh, really? Well, now guess who's guess who's <clears throat> wiping with, with, you know, Marie Claire and Cosmopolitan <laughs> while I'm enjoying my two ply. Exactly. You know?
0: Well, one of the reasons why uh, when we started Lodestone and started to organize it, we purposely wanted to do a lot of other classes and other topics uh, that aren't just, you know, pulling the trigger and, and, mm-hmm. and, and spending the money with, with bullets. So along with, you know, the, the, this ammo crunch and all the second and third order effects and repercussions of COVID and the lockdown and, and the rioting and, and all this stuff, uh, we've already had a, a lot of different classes, um, and then we've added more and more. Really, our, our the drive is to try to make – and allow people to be as well-rounded and as well-prepared as as possible
2: well and I, I think that that's you know a great segue into, into talking about uh, uh, some of the stuff that we do that doesn't require shooting you know because we do do these classes and there are these seminars that are just so informational you know I, I, I have that caching seminar and the follow-on we're going to do with that that's good good news yeah it, that's good information great information out there um, and the food storage. I mean, it sounds silly. You know, why am I going to go to a, a, a seminar about food storage? What do I need? But like everything, like and and my you know my hobby horse complaining about is everybody thinks shotgun is easy, right? Everybody thinks food storage is easy until you do it. Until you do it, and yeah. even even short term food storage that you are doing with with cans and and freezer stuff wow, there's, there's a lot to think about there. And if you're starting from zero and starting from scratch, it's so much easier to have somebody who's knowledgeable with it that's he- done it before. So you don't have to fail where they've failed. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I, I speaking as somebody who's failed where people have failed. Because I've failed at it. <laughs> really failed at it in some instances. Uh, it's nice having that, that knowledge and that professionalism.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I'll tell you that... As horrible as all the things that have happened in 2020, uh, all the negatives, it has been a good wake-up call mm-hmm. for our generation and the generation after us because we are losing a lot of this institutional knowledge.
2: Oh, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: My my mother-in-law has been canning all her life. My daughters spent the summer and a little bit uh, out in Utah with their their grandmother, and now my daughters... Know how to can, mm-hmm. and it is so awesome to listen to them and how excited they are, and they, you know, we have the new house and they want to um, make changes so that they have their canning kitchen so that they can do canning. And oh, I need this kind of dehydrator because I like dehydrating my apples like this. Uh huh. It, it's one of those things where I've, you know, I have a food dehydrator and I make beef jerky and I make fruit leather and you know. Licky chewy type things for me to take to the range. My daughters are looking at this. Hey, we can take produce and we can take, uh, you know, food staple food that you know will spoil, and we can turn it into a long time, long term storage. Yeah. That is awesome. I'm glad that we are realizing this before we lost that knowledge. Yeah. Before we had too much of oh, I can just go to Walmart. I can just go to the store and grab that. Oh, I can I can do that. Um, I joked with my wife that the last month has been so stressful with getting the girls out here and, uh, that the next month, January, we're not leaving the house. We're just going to, we're going to lock the doors. The girls are (laughs) homeschooled, uh, and we're going to live off our food storage Uh for a month just because I don't want to get out of the house, you know? And it's awesome that I can. Yeah. Like I know that I don't have to go to the grocery store. You know, eventually we're probably gonna get sick of powdered milk, but we could do it. Uh
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, we did. We did that, you know, when, when we had the lockdown because, mm-hmm. uh, 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 by God, I was serious about that. So uh, uh, the wife and I literally didn't leave the house for like a month and a half other than to go do curbside pickup. And then when we did that curbside pickup, everything got scrubbed down and washed and decontaminated and brought in. And it, it's funny when you do it right how well it works. Now, we had we had some hiccups. Mm-hmm. You know, we ran out of salsa.
1: Okay. Oh, yeah.
2: that That's bad. Yeah. And uh, when we ordered it, it didn't show up twice because, you know, USPS. Uh, uh, I bought a ton of pancake mix, uh, neglected pancake syrup. So that was a lesson, you know. But it's it's little things like that. And it, it's funny you say, oh, I'm going to lock myself in the house during January. There's no better way to test your oh, preparations yes, than to actually do it, you know. And, and I, I thought I did a pretty good job because... We ate like kings, mm-hmm. you know, unless we wanted to have pancakes, you know, <laughs> or unless like the wife wants salsa, you know, like, uh, okay. So maybe not so much kings.
1: So my, uh, my wife's grandfather was from England. And so this is weird to me, but it's normal to them when they eat their pancakes, they eat it with brown sugar and lemon juice. Wow. That that's, and my daughters do it and huh. they do they put it on a, I'll make fancy syrup. I'll make blueberry syrup, I'll make yeah. pecan syrup, and they still want the brown sugar and lemon juice. I'll have juice. to give
0: that a try. Wow. I, I can I can see the, the brown sugar, okay, yeah. uh-huh. but with how, with how the much lemon juice?
1: Lemon? Until it saturates the the um, the brown sugar, and it makes kind of like a little paste.
0: You're being honest? You, you're not trying to one hundred,
1: one hundred, one hundred 100, 100%. All right, I'll have um, to give it a
2: try. I I'm willing to go out of limb here and, and say that's why we one of the reasons that we invited them to leave. <laughs> you know, brown sugar and lemon on pancakes, no. you know? So wow. what are some
0: of the other you know, what are some of the other classes that don't require any bullets that we've ran this past year?
1: You know, one that I've gotten some good feedback with is the um anti abduction. Okay. And the pretty much the good feedback that I'm gonna get is I brought my girlfriend or, you know, I brought this person to it and they weren't paying attention, but it woke them up. That was the, the catalyst. It was the straw that broke the camel's back and they realized that these things are important mm-hmm. and it, it has been kind of that gateway into training. Um, and that's a positive for me. I, every time I hear that, it just excites me. Yes, I am. I'm sharing that knowledge that I have getting out there, getting people interested, and them protecting themselves. Uh, that is a, I don't, I hate the term, the, the, a good gateway. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, the mindset seminar, same thing. Getting people thinking outside of the everyday, I'm secure, um, I can go to the store. Uh, there's always going to be a policeman on the corner. Yeah. Um, there's always going to be a tow truck if I break down. There's always, 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 always,
2: well, you, it, you, go ahead. It's it's funny that you bring up the mindset seminar because uh, that's exactly what I was going to bring up <laughs> uh, because my wife and I went to uh, one of the mindset seminars at uh, the steakhouse in York that doesn't exist anymore. Okay. Yeah. And it really opened her eyes because before all the little things that I'd done, like Sit, count the exits and sit so I can see the doors and, and that, she always thought was just, oh, it's quirky, <laughs> you know? And, and after that seminar, she really said, wow, I, I really understand why you do that now. I get it. And it really opened her eyes. And, and now it, it made us as, as a couple, you know, or as, as a team, a more effective unit because she knows where I'm going to go. She knows what I'm going to do. She knows why. And she knows what to do in those situations. Yes.
0: You, you finally sat in on one of my. Yes. Okay. So I've been teaching that mindset. Well, not that one, but I've been teaching mindset workshops and seminars going on a decade now. And it went from being three hours to now, if I did the full thing, it'd probably be six hours of, of information. Um, and I have heard nothing but positive uh feedback and and a lot of that like wow i thought i knew but i didn't know Mm -hmm. or or my eyes been open or my husband dragged me here kind of against my will wow i i
2: yeah i came for a free steak and actually got a a wonderful (laughs) class yeah you know
1: yeah Uh, you know uh, other training um we often neglect and i'll tell you why i personally neglect it's shoot move and communicate Mm -hmm. all right we train shoot so well because man I love guns. I love the feeling when I squeeze that trigger and that bullet goes exactly where I want. I mean, it's instant gratification. It's, mm-hmm. it's so satisfying. And I can nerd out on ballistics and I can nerd out on different firearms and I can sit there on the Googles and, and look at different guns and, and, and you know, black rifles and and paint them and camouflage them all day long. But we're missing two legs to that, that table, yeah. you know, and that's... Uh, doing the land I am so thrilled that we've had such success with people coming out and not only just taking the land seminar, but actually going out and doing the two day course. Um, and seeing like the, the, the parents with their kids that come out, how oh, that thrills me. Yeah. I love seeing when you've got a parent who is taking the time to take their children out and make sure their children know this information. Um, I had a, a good friend, one of the, the best Green Braves, one of the smartest guys I've ever known, uh, tell me his his retirement goal is to, you know, have a man camp. And it, it's where you, fathers and sons come and they learn how to change a tire and how, oh, to, yeah. how to start a fire. And I kind of thought, like, is that necessary? Yes. Well, it is. It, it is. is. And it, it's awesome to see guys come out and do that. I didn't realize... Uh, how important that is yeah um and i love doing that land nav and seeing the change in people where they they're unsure about walking alone in the woods and then at the end of it they're like i'm confident mm-hmm. uh, i like hearing someone say i don't use my gps anymore i know the streets around my neighborhood you know yeah well and that's what great.
0: are we doing I, I don't know why I keep going back to this for this podcast. So I've never done it before. But we, since we're independent, we are now taking those people who are dependent, holding their hand as they learn and grow so that yep. they can become independent and take care of themselves. Yeah. And they yeah. can be leaders. Yes,
1: absolutely. And, you know, it's uh, we, we've made the analogy of the ants and the, uh, the grasshoppers. Let's be honest. There are grasshoppers out there. And if something happens, some of those grasshoppers are going to find their way into the ant hive. Mm-hmm. And we're going to take care of them. Um, what we're doing is we're making more ant yeah.
0: yeah. You
1: know, a lot of grasshoppers are going to die out there, but some are going to be able to, you know, come in and be workers.
0: Well, with a lot of our classes, like with land navs specific, you know, there were on some of them, there were a couple individuals from, from their own, you know, f- group of friends. Mm-hmm. So now that they've attended that, they've taken that with the rest of their group of friends and they've gone out and they've, they've practiced on their own, which yes. is is yeah. good. You know, we're, we're, we're training that trainer, trying to build those people up so they, they can pass on that knowledge. Just like you said, to make more ant, ant make hills. More yeah. ant hills. Yep. yep.
2: yep. Yeah, and, and, and I think, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that man camp, because I've often felt that way, uh, that there we're, we're missing uh, – uh, as we become more urbanized, we're m- starting to lose that element of, of independence that, yeah. and, and rugged individualism where – you know, if I have a problem, I can fix it myself. And, and technology to a large degree has, has enabled that. You know, I can't work on my car. You know, there, there's nothing in there really that I can do. But, you know, it, it doesn't mean I can't become an adult. Like yeah. the food storage to me is part of, you know, adulting. You know, just knowing what I need and having that on hand and being able to change a tire, being able to plunge a toilet, for God's (laughs) sakes, you know. If I can find it, I'll I'll share
0: it and put a link up somewhere, probably on the website. But I read a fascinating article, um, and I forget the author, but the article was following the history of the Boy Scouts of America. Oh, yeah. But specifically, the communist attack. And goal of destroying the Boy Scouts of America because they saw it as an organization that would threaten them yeah. in, mm-hmm. in training our youth. And you can see that the, the communists won. Mm-hmm. Uh, the BSA, what it is today, doesn't even resemble what it used to be. Yeah. Uh, and part of that, again, which, which took my uh, um, caught my attention, is in the late 60s, early 70s, uh, the communists actually compared a boy scout troop and training these young men to a special forces ODA and the similarities. <laughs> and, uh, but, but they saw, uh, they, the, they saw the BSA yeah. as, as a legitimate threat to the, the communist, uh, you know, domination of the world. So what are some of the other things that we've done? Um, I know we've got in, into, into comms and to, yep. you know, that, that communicate with, with radios and we've done that not only by bringing Dan up and having some very, uh, you know, Radio theory. This is how how it works and everything. Basically, really, um, supplementing and enhancing a standard a uh, ham class. To this is you know how to use it. Where we've done our, the comms class, we've done convoy classes, yep. and you know actually put these things into practice. Where
1: guys are talking on the radios and you know uh, seeing the limitations mm-hmm. and the advantages of it. Uh, we utilize radios when we do uh, the land nav classes, um, and. It's a, a, The LandEv is a great laboratory to test some of that stuff out there and to try out new pieces of equipment. you know that's not the priority of the class, but let's try this out and see yeah. see how these things work. Um, you know I brought out the, the miniature man pack uh, radio that had a little bit more um, range and trying that out and um, the limitations of terrain and how that affects the radios. Uh, all those things that like you said, we're trying to be well rounded shooting is the fun and easy part. Yeah. Uh, we need to be that whole whole man. You know, it's it's not just uh, can I put rounds on target effectively? Can I have the supply lines? Can, you know, can I feed my family? Um, can I move from point A to point B? Yeah. Um, can I plan? And that's something that a lot of our, our training outside of the, the range, it, it all points towards that planning uh, purpose. So, bringing in the radios, bringing up Dan from Tennessee, going about uh, not only just hey, go get your ham license, but things to consider. Think coming at it from the planning aspect, what are radios going to give us? Uh, what are your holes? You know, identifying that communication pace plan. You know, my primary, how am I, how am I talking to people? what my alternate is, what my contingency is, what my emergency is. Having that whole communication plan, I think that's vital. We think in technology very quickly, like, oh, I have the best radio. This radio has the best uh, range. Um, Hey, I've used the best radios that that are out there. You know, I was on a team. I had 152 Alpha. That thing was amazing.
0: I tell you you what, on a team – Maybe the 18-alpha maybe the comes close, but there's few people hated more than the 18-echo on a team. Oh, yeah. 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 And,
1: I mean, I've had the best of the best. Of the, the hair is cream of the crop radios, and I've had them fail on me yep. when, you know, Murphy rears his ugly head. Mm-hmm. So you have to revert back to that pace plan. Um, I was down in F3, and I was having a conversation with a student. Uh, he was talking about uh, the Xbox. And kind of like laughing. And I was like, hey, you need an Xbox. That's part of the combo plan. And he wasn't getting it until he got it. He's like, wait a second. You're saying that, it, you know, if mm-hmm. we're we're having compromised communications, there are people that get on and they will play Call of Duty. And in Call of Duty, they'll talk about operational acts. I'm like, yes, this is a common thing. This is well known in the, the circles. And it's so hard to target it's so hard to get that information so yeah that is a part of the the combo plan you know yep. hey if we all have to meet up well we could get on zoom which we know is you know compromised oh, is compromised or we could all get on uh um, xbox, xbox live, live and we could play this game together and if anyone like is listening well we're just talking about you know the, the game the game yeah you know yeah um and this is a known thing but it, it's because it's you're being in a needle hiding in a stack of needles that look like other needles it allows you to do it but that comes down to that that planning purpose of how we're going to use our communication hey cell phones uh bow fangs or uh yesus or uh motorolas or whatever the technology is that that's i'm not gonna say that's irrelevant but it's not what the important thing is. It's identifying the holes and, okay, I need to have items that are yeah. going to fill this. So so we have
0: classes that we taught this year that not only taught the theory and, and all the, those specifics of this is how it works, but then we also ran classes of how to work it, you know, putting those things into yes. effect. Yes. with the, like The practical. Yes, with, with the convoy class that, you know, that we ran where people are using radios to, to work as a convoy to, to go over, you know, long
1: and movements. Y- using the, you know— The art of speaking on a radio, it it is an art, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, to be able to pass that information clearly and precisely, especially if you're doing convoy. Yeah. You know, people have to know that information. You have to get it from front to rear. You have to get rear to front.
0: And And, and we cover all that stuff in what is it? The the comms on the X. Comms on the X. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And these are classes that you're not going to spend a single bullet in this class. Yeah. But the training is vital. Because you want to find yourself in that situation of, okay, I have the equipment, but I've never put it into practice. Yeah. You know, I have the you know, whatever whiz-bang uh, crazy radio that can talk to the satellites, awesome. But if you've never used that radio to talk to the satellites, to talk to another person, to try and get you and that person linked up, you don't know how to do it. You don't know how it works. It can be confusing. Yeah. You know, I mean, we've all dealt with the the guy you know across the world trying to help us fix our computer, and you know, oh yeah.
0: Wait, aren't you that guy? No. Oh, okay, okay, well, okay. no, you, <laughs> not
1: anymore. It, it's it's like the taxi exchange program. No matter where you go, oh yeah, there will yeah. be a foreigner in the taxi. So that's why our friend here did IT support for the Saudis.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So when someone would be calling up and be like,
2: exactly, uh, when you my husband, him. he yeah. would be
1: like, oh hello, I am Kirk. I am here to answer your problems. And they're like, I get better, uh, not working.
2: Yep. And he looks to his friend and says, I cannot understand the word he's saying. <laughs> what, what, what did he say? Yep. You know, exactly.
0: Well, what are some of the other classes in that we've done?
1: Now you would put me on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I'm going to jump into the most recent because my memory is very shallow. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did a uh, a cachet class, um, because you know it's Christmas time and we need to know how to hide the or hide the gifts, hide the gifts. You got to be able to hide those uh, Christmas presents from those that are going to come looking for the Christmas presents. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was the idea on this class was to start people thinking. A little bit beyond that, oh, I just go get PVC pipe and, you know, that it's made to go on the ground. And there are other options out there. And, uh, you know, there are some concerns you have to have and other techniques that you can have. Again, going towards that, not just having access to the technology to use something, but understanding how and why. Uh, If I can teach you the why, you're going to figure out the how. If I can explain those things, we're all creative people. You're going to be able to make it happen, uh, but do you know the right questions to answer? And so that was kind of the the, the uh, concept behind that class is what are the questions, and then go through those and give some answers, but really trigger those thoughts. And, you know, I had to be at the airport the next day early to pick up my sister-in-law, and I still found myself not leaving here till 9 o'clock at night because people had questions you know, the, Well, the the questions triggered thoughts mm-hmm. and there were good conversations that came out of it
0: you know another class in that that we ran was the improvised tools yeah oh and yeah stuff yes yeah i know um one of the last trips i took i could not have a firearm on me so as soon as i got boots on the ground in that location um yeah i immediately went to work to improvise to make sure i had you know something on me. again what's the weapon the weapon's my mind oh yeah i was just creating a <laughs> a tool to, to give me a little bit of a, a leverage, a little bit of advantage if, if need be. Oh, well,
1: I say it all the time. If you're going to go cut the tree down in your backyard, your preferred tool is a chainsaw. But if you can't have a chainsaw... I'd say deck cord, but okay, chainsaw oh, okay works. Oh, well. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm thinking as a civilian, okay, you know? Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um No, actually, you can ask Royce about the failure of deck cord trying <laughs> to try take down a tree. Oh, he... Yeah, you'll get him fired up about that. Anyways. Anyways, uh, so you're going to use a chainsaw. Can't use a chainsaw, you're going to use an axe. Can't use an axe, you're going to get a hatchet. But if your will is to get that tree down, it doesn't matter. I mean, Mm -hmm. you'll use your truck, you'll use a handsaw, you'll use a Gerber, you'll use your fist, you'll gnaw that thing down. Because your will is what's going to accomplish the task. It's not the tool you're going to use. Some tools are more effective and easier. uh, And, you know, that's kind of the idea behind the improvised weapons. There are things that are easier but you don't have access to that. So what do you do then? And then what do you do then? And it goes back to that planning and understanding your environment and what you can and can't do. Uh, you know, there are camouflaged weapons. So things that their intended purpose is to be a tool of defense. Yep. Simple explanation of that cane sword, right? You know, I'm walking with a cane, but ha ha, it's a sword, right? Um, it, it suits two purposes. It, it blends in the environment, but upon a, a close scrutiny, you see that it is a sword. Um, in that class, we talk about that. We also talk about making items that will blend into the environment, not only be camouflaged, but also be utilized as their intended purpose. But if the threat arises, you have something in your hands that gives you that advantage. That's going to give you a a method, a tool to get out of that situation.
0: So one of the things that sets us apart from a lot of other companies or a lot of other people out there teaching is, uh, say the, Cash class, you've done that for real. Yes. Uh, say the mindset class that that I teach. It's because I've been there and I've experienced that adrenaline dump. I've experienced those things. Um. So then we're passing on that information. The comms class. Well, we've we've ran comms on, on more than one occasion. You know, doing stuff, and it's it's from that background, from that experience of actually doing these things that we're we're, we're passing on lessons. I was really disappointed in um in a guy. Uh, Earlier this year, um, it was at the end of the end of the day, and we're shoot, shooting some drills. I said, okay, this is what I want you to do. And then he, he shot it differently. And he turned to me, he's like, well, I didn't shoot the way you asked me to shoot. I shot it here because, basically, his answer was because that's more hardcore. Thinking, it's more hardcore from where? What you two, but what person did you learn to shoot this drill that way that you think it's more hardcore? The guy who is telling you, hey, do it this way, or this is how I'd like you to do it, has been in gunfights, has won gunfights. More importantly, has learned from hundreds of guys who've been in gunfights and they survived. And then on top of that, I've been the primary instructor teaching people how to shoot who are going into gunfights. Hundreds and hundreds of people. Um, so there's a reason why I, you know, why you're coming to me and why I'm saying doing this way is because it works. Because I'm alive. Because other people are alive. But he saw something. I don't know. Somebody flashy on YouTube or, or somebody else who who. And I was a lot louder at talking, so then he, well, I'm going to do it this way because this is the hardcore way.
1: Yeah, and we do the the force-on-force with the airsoft. Yeah. Uh, You will see individuals out there who have the, I do the hardcore level of training, and then when they get into that situation, they're shooting one-handed, and they're using the other arm to cover their face, and they're shooting behind them. Yep. Um, And you have to stop it. And you have to have that conversation and okay. You're talking about doing these, these other drills that you've seen other places and you're, you're going off that, that loudspeaker. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a reason why we teach the way we do. There's a reason why I teach to shoot two handed. There's a reason why I teach to shoot with your support hand. Um, not so you can throw one hand over your face and run and shoot behind you. Uh, and I, there was a conversation I overheard at a training event where they were talking, Oh, every time I do force on force, you always see people go one handed. Well, why? Why is that? Because they haven't trained themselves. You have you have to fight the instincts yeah. of you know, throwing that arm behind you and shooting behind you. You have to develop that. And it, it comes from doing these drills. And these drills are made to give you those techniques exactly
2: yeah there's a reason we do that and whenever people talk to me about oh well like how how do your classes go and uh i always say well you know what you know i teach beginners so believe me i've seen some stuff okay (laughs) i i've seen things that would turn you white (laughs) right and when i started doing those force on force classes with you uh i started watching and like wow, I thought I'd seen some stuff before, you know, but you're, you're right. The, uh, the T drill mm-hmm. to me was, was a giant eye opener because I'm sitting back there stuffing magazines, stuffing airsoft mags and, and gassing up guns. And I'm watching that. And you have people who have, you know, come from a, a law enforcement or a military background, but have never perhaps necessarily needed to use that background in real life yeah. doing exactly what you're talking about. You know, they're, they're, they're running away, shooting under their arm. I'm thinking to myself, well, either, either they're not taking this seriously, which I didn't think was the case, yeah. or they just have never been in that situation. Well, and that's, we have a couple different types of force-on-force force classes. So we use
0: UTMs, and mm-hmm. we do that for, for some specific ones, but the ones that we've been running uh, this year, there's uh, a little different flavor. That's the you know, dynamics of a gunfight, where we purposely use airsoft and that's so we can maximize reps. Yeah, so and get we, closer. Yes, so yeah. so you can you can get close, and you're not going to you know really damn. It's gonna it's gonna tickle a little bit, maybe break the skin, but it's not going to do near the damage like the UTM's do. But that's so we can get those reps. So you can get closer and do it. Okay, let's do it again. Okay, let's do it again. Let's do it again. So then people get that stress inoculation, but also start to realize, wow, when I'm running away, covering my face, I'm really not effective and I'm only getting shot in the back yeah. instead of, okay, I can move to a better point of cover or I can actually put effective fire down on, on those yeah. threats.
1: So my team was doing a, a training event with the hunter and first. We, we had a platoon of infantrymen and we're out there running drills with them. And we had, for all intents and purposes, just picture a, an FBI silhouette, right? Okay. A typical um, silhouette target our team we were shooting for the brain box that was our level of training but then when we'd come up with the 101st kids we would have them shoot center mass and they wanted to know the difference you know like what why, why are you having me here because you're not at my level you you this is the first time you're coming out and doing this transition you've never done a transition drill before in your life I'm trying to build a base for you to grow up to. Mm-hmm. Um, once you get past these things, you'll get to that level where you, you start aiming small, miss small type things. But based off of my experience as someone who went to a gunfight, and I, I, I'll i say it in, in classes that like Jared will bring his sons to a class and I'll be like, these boys have more training than I did my first combat deployment. Hands down, easily. I, I, I'd been in the Army almost two years. No, I had been in the Army over two years before I, I made my first deployment um, so I'd had a lot of blank fire <laughs> war games you know but actual two-way battle uh, you know rifle range none um, so I know what it's like to be in that situation where you're shooting at someone and yeah I'm doing everything I can just to hit that body I can I can know the anatomy of the human being and know that shooting them in the 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 brain box is, is definitely where I want to go. But in the experience, with all that adrenaline, the first time I'm shooting at another human being, it's all I can do to just aim at that body and try and get that. Yeah, is the round hitting that the aortic arch? No. My second or third one? Maybe. But that's mm-hmm. why I'm shooting that yeah. stringer. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um and again, you it's that I live in the, uh, the academic world where I read textbooks and I, I look at human anatomy and I can talk all these things versus I've been out in, you know, the industry and I have, you know, yes, book answer, 100%. That is the most effective way to kill someone. When you're killing someone, sometimes you are just happy that you shot them in the hip. Yeah.
0: yeah. R- yeah. Right before a J set. Uh, my team we went down to dc and we got some good my, briefings yeah we got some some briefings that prepare us to go over there and uh you know there there were some that i wasn't high enough on the totem pole so it was like you know the fox the zulu the alpha and then uh, in, in the warrant they all went in there and uh the rest of us we, we we're getting a tour and this college kid at this you know intel group who was he thought he was the coolest thing in the world and Pretty crowded walk okay this is this room and over here and you know giving us this tour that we could care less about and he kept going on and on and on about how awesome he was and uh you know me being me i finally was like look bro and i like was like knife handing him and getting loud because i was irritated with him i'm the guy on the ground that shoots people in the face who are you again <laughs> and, he, and then he was embarrassed but what was funnier is all the people kind of stopped and looked at him like uh and you know all his his you know uh, peers were like, oh, that poor kid.
1: Yeah. And not to be a uh, a one-upper, but uh-huh. I've had a similar experience. Yes,
0: yeah. yeah. Um, I was one-upper. Come on.
1: Yeah. So I went back to the same team house three trips in a row. Yes. Uh, so we get there and I go to an intel fusion meeting of the conventional forces and, you know, the Iraqis. And so this guy's getting up there and he's like, well, you're here. You're just getting here. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, I'm going to give you the lay of the land and, and brief you on the AO. And so he's. Treating me like I don't know anything. And he's being disrespectful. And I am I I have pride. And when someone's disrespectful to <laughs> me, it's, it's very hard not to just slap them down. So I'm trying. I'm trying. And he outranks me. I'm trying to be professional. But when he was briefing me off my own slide deck that I had made the trip before, <laughs> I let him get five slides in. And I was like, do you know who uh, Sergeant First Class Johnson was? And he's like, now, mind you, I'm in a sterile uniform. He's like, no, I don't. I was like, "I'm Sergeant First Class Johnson." Those are my slides. <laughs> nice, that's pretty nice. good.
2: Nice. Well, I, okay, I can't let you guys steal all. Good, good, yes, Let's bring get, it on, bring guys, it on. I can't let you guys steal all this. So, teaching the beginning classes, you often have people who aren't beginners, you know, right? You know, yeah, People yeah. who've been yep. shooting a long time and are, are looking strictly as, as a, uh, a trampoline or a, a, a stepping stone to the more advanced mm-hmm. classes. They, you know, they got to get through me. So we had a group uh that was like that you know they were all uh, uh relatively experienced in their method of shooting well you know those methods don't always necessarily work and it can be hard to break them so one of them you know he kept shooting low into the left low into the left he's like oh the sights must be off on this i'm like no 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 just give give squeezy just give squeezy a little more squeeze right he's like i don't think that's it thinking to myself, dude, I can tell you, I know that's (laughs) it, right? A little more squeeze Uh with your support hand. So at the end of the day, uh, when we're shooting the samurai drill, he's still having problems with that. And he he, he comes over and he's like, I really think the sights on this are off, you know. And okay, I'll shoot it for you. Because I've had students who've shown up where the sights are off, and it's not their fault. Mm -hmm. It's not your case, but, you know, I, I, I can pretty much look at it so give me his pistol and i load it up push out fire one shot it goes right into the hole in the nine and all i hear is oh there you go there's your gun back (laughs) and and walked off without saying another word you know and and it it's it's exactly like you say you know it it, you get you get the book learning Mm -hmm. and then you have the experience yeah uh, it's, it's a big difference. It really is a big difference.
0: You know, one of the second and third order effects of, of all the craziness this year is that kind of leads into it is, is the new shooters that we've had. Mm -hmm. We've had more brand new shooters. I just bought this. It's still, you know, I'm taking out of the box while I'm here at class. Um, and that's, that's really good to see. A lot of those people, then they don't have that attitude or they, yeah. they, they come pretty humble and, and they're a sponge and they want to learn.
1: Yeah. Be- before we jump off onto the next step, I do have to say there is something to be said about the professor, the, the man that is has a learned person. Mm-hmm. Because there are things that in the, uh, the workforce you might find workarounds and cheats and things to do. Uh, you do have to hit the books. You have you have to be well balanced, and uh, it's like I said in the beginning the the scenario with uh, the hunter and first. My team was shooting more advanced; they were shooting more towards the anatomy of the person because the amount of rounds that we had fired, you know that that training cycle, uh, we had reached that point in our our training evolution. Um, So read books, you know Mm -hmm. uh, your your training comes from the whole environment. Yes, read the anatomy books; know the human anatomy so that when you're 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 fighting you know where to do it but also listen to those people that are teaching the drills you're yeah. paying them for a reason
2: well i think the books are the, the basis you know that's you need that's your homework to do before you go yes you know that way you have a firm grounding and then you have the people with experience tell you what works and what doesn't and
1: you at know? the end of the day i'm giving you tools to put into your tool bag and it's individual to your situation, and, and it mm-hmm. comes down
0: to that individual. Mm-hmm. It's their gunfight. I'm not there. Oh,
1: yeah, uh, we might link up eventually. Uh, you know, if the the battle prolongs itself. But in in the initial kickoff, you're there by yourself. Yeah. So I need to give you as much as possible that you have something to reach to, so that we can link up.
2: Mm-hmm. hmm And going back to the the beginner thing, yeah, I think that that's as big a part of those beginner classes as anything is giving them tools in their tool bag you know because that's that's one of the expressions i love using when we teach those beginner classes that you know you might not do it this way now and you may drive home and say to yourself that's the dumbest thing i've ever heard but it's a tool in your tool bag you know we're telling you this for a reason that reason is we've all shot under stress you know what kind of stress between myself and you guys is, is different but it's still shooting under stress so when we tell you this when you're under stress and you're pulling that trigger this is how it's going to work you know so I the beginner classes are always always a mixed bag and uh, I think that's one of the reasons they're to me uh they're the most exciting to teach you know because you get the 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 absolute first time shooters and then you get the guys who've done it before and you get that aha moment from those guys because I've I'll pick on the Marines for a second. You know, I, I, I do love the Marines. Uh, but I've had several Marines come through the beginner classes that are trying to get to the other ones that I've pointed out, hey, don't do that. Try it this way. And, you know, once they finally, okay, mm-hmm. and they actually do it, all of a sudden they get that, whoa, that actually works really well. Yeah. I'm like, I know. that. That's why I'm telling you to do it. Uh, it, it it's an eye-opener, you know. The beginner classes are, are, are really where we get to, to really start shaping people, and you know, introducing them to this co- idea of combat marksmanship. Yeah, and it's really exciting, you know, because we do get people who've just bought a firearm and have no idea what's going on, and it, I think it's it's a great learning experience. Yeah, you know, because you'll find uh, uh, the classes really do have a different tenor. You know, the the, the basic classes have a, a much different flow and a much different tenor from, say, the the more advanced classes, uh, like the the combat marksmanship classes rather than the basic marksmanship classes. Uh, you know, in, in the, the upper-level classes, we're, we're teaching something that's a little more serious, and we expect you to know what you're doing already. And with the basic classes, we really can't expect that. Yeah. So everything's a, a little more laid back and a, a little... Well, and, that, and that's that's one of the reasons why I designed it the way that I
0: did. Yeah. Yes, we're following those same identical principles, and we're following the same um, progression of drills that we teach at you yeah, know, it's at a phallic, at, at Yeah. And you understand that you've learned that you run that, but but I've wanted you to take that since you know you're just a little bit more of a teddy bear than than, <laughs> than, than I am. I'm less
2: intimidating, and and it
0: it really helps um, yeah. those new students. Some you know. Half the students, it doesn't matter. They're they yeah. good and they're ready, but it's that other half that, uh, yeah, they're not ready and they're very nervous coming to a live fire oh, class yeah. for the first time.
2: Yeah, I, and that the nerves are a big part of that. Yeah. you know, and, and hopefully we help get people some some. Hopefully we get people over that to some extent. Uh, you know, and, and I think one of the 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 big demographics that we're seeing more of is uh, women.
0: Yes. So Abby's been doing a good job w- with the four women. Um, and really, what she was thinking is, even though our, our level one classes are good for for people to start off with, um, there's still some women specifically that, that are a little intimidated. So she has a series of seminars that she's worked out, as well as one live fire class. That's all really designed to to take that woman and this is a gun. This is you know yeah. everything about a gun, and then um, you know educate them how they work. Try to to breach that gap and and get over to that initial fear. Um, and then she also does an EDC for women and as a mother of of eight children. Um, and and also starting from um with no background, growing up in Staten Island and not you know being around firearms to getting around firearms because of me and everything. she's really she's she's done that growth from have no idea to now she she carries and carries very well, you know, every day. Yeah. and all those different experiences. So she really has has done a good job running those. Um, and then the live fire class that that she does it's really this is how the guns operate and then now let's go out and we bring the guns yeah. we bring the ammo so no one needs again they don't have to spend anything on ammo and then they get that that chance to shoot
2: well and i've always kind of had mixed mixed feelings about the uh, women only classes mm-hmm. you know as a male instructor i've always kind of wondered how much utility we're we getting out of this yeah you know because it can it can still be a little intimidating and also i'm shaped differently. You know, women. Oh, how do, how should I carry my gun? And like, well, you know, this is something that I don't have a lot of experience because you and I are built differently. <laughs> yes, uh, I think I think the the real the real star of, of that series that Abby's teaching is is the one where the seminar. You know, to tell people what to look for, mm-hmm. because if there's something that eternally frustrates me, it's the the guys who sell guns in gun stores. <laughs> I mean that especially since I've seen so many, I mean, it's been 10 years I've been teaching almost these beginner classes. So I see tons of beginners. And I've seen over and over and over uh, these these people, and it's not just women, but men as well, who come in with wildly inappropriate handguns to shoot with. Mm-hmm. And I think that seminar that, that Abby does, we're like, this is a handgun. This is what you should look for. This is what, you know, this is what this one feels like. This is what, you know, this one feels yeah. like. Because some of the wildly inappropriate uh, firearms that, that are sold to women. One of my wife's friends is, is looking for her first handgun. And I went over to her house. We had dinner with her. I'm like, well, here's what I recommend. You know, I had a, I had a Glock 19, you know, the Toyota Corolla mm-hmm. of, the, of the handgun world. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, make sure you get... Uh, one of the newer ones that has the interchangeable backstraps, you know, it'll help having a small sizing pan. issue. Yeah, yeah, sizing issue. And you know, here's my Smith and Wesson, my M&P 2.0 that has that too. Here's what you want to avoid. Here's here's a, a Glock 43. You know here's what you want to avoid it's small it feels good in your hand but it's also much harder to use you know if you don't have you know me i can just muscle that slide back and look like like it's nothing because i've done it for years and i know all the tricks but that's not necessarily so for beginners and so she oh i'm going to go to the local gun store and see what they have Mm -hmm. and she was smart she took notes she took notes in with her and she's like i want to look at this 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 and this and of course because you know there aren't any guns anymore. Yeah. Uh, they, they said we don't have any of those. But oh, hey, look at this! Look at you. Know, this is more your size. Uh-huh. And so, what did she get? She, 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 what did she get? Show a Glock forty three, a Ruger LCR with oh. pink grips. You know that that kind of garbage, and
1: Taurus revolver.
2: Taurus revolver. <laughs> and and you know I, it, it's hard to tell people that those are specialists guns. Yeah. You know, they they really are. That's really my opinion. These small subcompact they don't exist for you to learn how to shoot on. They don't exist for you to carry every day. They exist if you're in a non permissive environment. You know, someplace where you can't have a compact or a full size handgun. And the, the Beach guns. Exactly.
1: I'm in board shorts. I,
2: I have a, I have a Glock forty three and it's my gym gun. You know, because I'm one of those weirdos that goes to the gym in cargo shorts year-round. And I have, you know, I'm there working out my my old Navy cargo shorts, uh, which are the proper length above the knee, and uh, a Glock 43 in a Viper hybrid. Mm-hmm. You know, so is it a little uncomfortable? Well, yes, sometimes.
1: But it works for that. So I had, I, I realized, old Navy, as in the company, I was seeing no, no, Navy no. cargo shorts, which I... For Some reason I pictured UDTs, you know, the little yeah. short short yeah. ones. No, I'm glad you threw the proper link to them because it was like the,
2: the, the any shorter than magnum PI shorts, right? And it's inappropriate, especially at the gym, and especially as you get older. <laughs> you know, then not everybody needs to see that. Well, one of the greatest compliments, uh, that to Abby's class that I so far
0: was after the, the live fire class where. The, uh, the students, the women, they get to shoot everything from, like, a, I think a small twenty two uh, Beretta, what is it, a Tomcat? Yeah. Or Bobcat or whatever it is. Small twenty two, up to uh, some forty fives as well as um, uh, some revolvers. So I was there with one of the husbands who had come to, to pick up his wife, and she came out, and he's like, how was the class? Oh, it was okay. And you could see he was like, mm, all right. And then she said, yeah, I learned that I need to get a Glock 19 uh in nine millimeter. And, and then the look on his face, he was like, his eyeballs like got super wide. Yep. He was like ecstatic, just, just filled with like surprise. But then also like, you know, just as happy as could be. And then he put on the worst poker face. Imagine it's like, <laughs> well, we'll, we'll see what we can do <laughs> but yeah. in, inside. He's like, I can't believe this. Yep. Like,
2: yes. Inside he's mentally already at, at the gun store. Uh-huh. Okay. We're going to get that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
0: So, so they, they feel that, those classes really fill that nice niche to get them to you know come to oh, yeah. to, to the regular classes
2: yeah. uh, because you know we do have a, a, a lot of women in our beginners classes mm-hmm. in, our, in our mixed classes and they generally do pretty well uh, but there is that level you know because like I say you don't always get beginners in the beginner classes mm-hmm. uh, what what I hear a lot and uh, and I hate hearing it is I'm sorry you know yeah. oh yeah. I'm sorry I did that wrong I'm sorry what are you sorry about? You did it wrong. Well, now you know that you did it wrong. Now we can get you to do it right. Don't say I'm sorry. Say, hey, I just learned something. Yeah, you know, and, and that's that's what I like seeing. you know, and and I know talking about those little those little periods in between drills and that kind of thing. And I think we both do that when, when we teach these classes, we very rarely get to eat lunch. You know, because we we're we're talking to students, we're trying to put together Smith and Wesson Z's, <laughs> which are much more difficult than they need to be. You know, we're, we're we're doing that kind of thing, and I think that's just another value add to these beginner classes. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, this it is my favorite thing to do because uh, I, I it's always always something different and always something new. Uh, so those those begin other than the battle rifle class, those beginner uh pistol and carbine classes are, are really my favorite and, yeah. and I think we're really i think we're gonna see a continued increase in the number of people that are doing that because everybody's turning into a new gun owner
1: yeah and one of the things that I like about the new new community the the people that are fresh into this just bought their first gun is they're starting to recognize that not just purchasing the firearm, not just having the proper yes. defense family. But having the training behind it is important. They understand the safety aspect, but they also understand, you know, there is a, a cadre of you know good companies out there that have this training that, mm-hmm. that is available. And I, I like seeing people seeking it out. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm really enjoying. I, you know, I'll come and be the assistant instructor at the the basic classes. I, I like it. Yeah, I like seeing fun. these people that are. I have this thing, and I want to be proficient with it. And I love that.
2: Well, and I think it's funny because firearms, for some reason, are one of those things that, that people buy and they just automatically assume they know how to use. So you don't always, in the past, we haven't always seen new gun owners coming out and getting trained. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you buy, you know, it's the old, uh, you buy it just because you own a piano doesn't mean you're a pianist. Oh, yeah. I I, you know, I, I, I will I,
1: give that example all the yeah. time of you buy yeah. a guitar, one thing. um you can have the fanciest guitar in the world, yeah. but if you've never taken a lesson, yep. it's worthless.
0: That rolls right into to the low light classes. I think yes. more so than any other classes that we teach and have taught, we have people who have a little bit of experience but who have read and think they know everything mm-hmm. they've read and researched. Shoot, a lot of, you know, some come there, they, they know more about me, about the wavelength. and I yeah. Of the nods and, and, and the lasers and, and stuff, but they have no idea. They think they do. They don't have a clue. Um, so we've had the ability to run advanced, what I would call advanced light classes, but so far we haven't. We will next year, but this year, uh, again, we've just tried to focus on the introduction classes, get people used to, to working at at night yeah. you know not just uh, with with night vision and stuff but um even our our level three vehicle mm-hmm. combatives classes both the pistol as well as the uh, the
1: rifle version using a flashlight in a car yeah. oh that has an effect on me yes. so, so both
0: of those classes they don't start at nine in the morning they both mm-hmm. start around noon or maybe one o'clock because both of them go into the night by design yeah. we want you working in and around that car um and those classes as well as the dedicated low light pistol class and the dedicated low light rifle classes um you know we want people one to be able to get a little experience a little bit of confidence shooting while it's dark whether um, with a flashlight without a flashlight then then also with nods but then we start you know breaking things down and getting them to use the environment and, and want them to move you need to move that that's that's mm-hmm. the one thing that that you need to be comfortable moving at night and and move off that x once the bullets start to fly
2: well, and I think this is one of the most exciting series of classes that we're teaching now. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about it because I've taught the low-light pistol classes with you. The old school, mm-hmm. you know, we're in uh, uh, an indoor range with the lights off and the windows shut, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I've taught those classes with you, and, and it, it's really a different experience. And now to be able to roll the night vision into it and be able to do it outdoors, mm-hmm. you know, in actual – Darkness, rather than artificial darkness, it's it's really an exciting capability.
1: And it comes back to that, like you know, like you said, the wavelengths and the the, the nanometers and things like that. I, I couldn't tell you what that is about a a, a PVS thirty one or a PVS fifteen, but I can tell you from experience of wearing them for eight hours at a time uh-huh. and uh-huh. you know driving with them, gunning with them, uh, doing long range engagements with a laser. I can I can pass on those experience. I don't have the book knowledge, but I have the experience. Well, and I'm I, learning the book knowledge. I'm, <laughs> I'm reading that stuff. So don't get me wrong; I am reading the books. Well, again, that, that that's one of the differences between us and then
0: a lot of others. You can have guys with a good, even with a law enforcement background, they don't come close to the amount of time that we've spent at night, just with our mm-hmm. naked eyes, let alone also r- running with night vision. Yeah. And man, those hours and those days, those weeks, those months of doing night ops, you know night after night after night after night you learn a thing or two
1: it it, it shocked me i was talking with some you know i would say night vision professional guy works for a night vision company he's like well i can't imagine shooting someone with mvgs i can imagine using them to find a target but i can't imagine shooting them with them and i'm looking at this man like are you saying insane yeah (laughs) i'm like i've shot people under mvgs like that that's you know it's like cheating you have a laser they don't i mean it's Awesome. Yeah. You know, it's a game changer. Uh, and that comes from, well, you know, having that experience and, and knowing what you can do with the technology. Yeah. Uh, there are so many different lasers now that, that are out there. Having a good laser and knowing how to not just uh, illuminate the target, but how to use it to find the target and how to communicate to other people with yeah. it. There are so many things. I'm really excited about the advanced classes coming because yeah. there's so much more you know, it's it's hard enough when we're doing a low light class getting everyone to fit a helmet and to get to get the night vision where they can you know it's not falling out their face uh, again things that you and i from 20 years of experience of wearing night vision you you just know the yeah. little tricks and yeah. the yeah you know
2: well there, there's the real value of it right there you know you've worn it for 8 10 12 hours mm-hmm. at a time You know, and you know, well, if I don't do this, it wears a hole in my head. You know, or it slides down. I think that I think that's a huge benefit to
1: that. And you know, that's we've got the uh, the low light class uh, seminar. Yeah, coming up uh, next month. Next month, right? I think it is next month. Yeah. Uh, Again, when we're trying to do the the class uh, where we're trying to shoot, and you know, we have that time crunch because we've got to be done by ten o'clock at that location. At that location, yes. Uh, it makes it difficult to try and pass on a lot of that knowledge. So I really recommend for those of you that you know, a have the equipment, or, or definitely b buying the equipment, you need to get in that seminar.
2: Yeah, it's like showing up with your rifle unzeroed. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. that, that's exactly how I look at that. So I, don't know, I, th- I think that's a great suggestion. Yeah,
0: yeah. And, and there's other stuff too, not just night vision. Like we have a lot of people who show up with with their nice tritium night sights and, and their pistols. And then uh, the first time they go to shoot, like, you know, they're, they're, these things are useless. If mm-hmm. I'm using a flashlight, yeah. they're, they're useless. Yeah. If um, if I'm not using a flashlight, then how am I identifying that target? And hey, maybe it's a muzzle flash. And then what? Then, you know, where are the dots? Where which are, which dot yeah. is which? Yeah. Oh, there's
1: yeah. a reason you have a different color dot at your front side post. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I got asked, well, why do you have tritium one? on your gun. And I didn't want to say, well, because that's the way the gun came. Yeah. Um, So I had to have, I had to have that clever answer and sound like I know what I'm, you know, Uh like so I can find it in the dark. (laughs) So it would, I know where it is on the nightstand, you know, when I'm in a strange environment, there are uses for it, you know, Um, but it's definitely something that you don't understand that. It's like we did, uh, we intentionally put white barrels as barricades and had people use their rifle with the pit with their uh, their flashlight next to it, and as soon as they turn that that flashlight on, it hits that white barrel. Oh, I can't see. You know, even though the the flashlight's on the other side yeah. of the barrel, there's enough light that's coming in there, and you're in such a dark environment. You see some of the limitations of your equipment. Mm-hmm. We know the the advantages, and a lot of times uh, when you're reading different things or watching videos, people are talking about the advantages. It's very hard to talk about a disadvantage without experiencing it and i think that's a great thing of those low light classes is they get to experience some of the disadvantages yeah and they get to understand what that that means to them Uh, and they that was a big takeaway a lot of people had was like yeah i i I turned that on and man the backsplash it just it 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 distracted me it didn't blind me it didn't it didn't prevent me from taking the shot but there was a momentary pause Mm -hmm. so yeah Absolutely, have the brightest flashlight you can have. But understand if you're going to flip that thing on and you've got a car windshield next to you, there's going to be some flash towards you. There's going to be some splash of that light. It's going to interfere with you. Stress inoculation, you know what that's, you know to expect that. It doesn't bother you when it happens and you're able to take that target down.
2: Well, I think that's particularly important when you're talking about a house gun. Mm -hmm. You know, because I can understand you have the brightest light you have if you're outside. Uh, But I know that I've talked to people who have. Flashlights you can see from space, and then they do the same exact thing. You know they live in a McMansion with all the white walls, and the second they come up and they're and they're practicing and they flip that light on, it's total whiteout. You know because that two hundred thousand candlepower, whatever they have on the on the front of that gun has completely taken that white the, all those white walls and just blinded you. You know so it, it's definitely something to think about.
0: Another thing that we do with those low light classes, especially the. Well, not especially, but we start off with with those intro ones, and we want everyone to take a walk. Mm-hmm. Um, people just aren't used to one walking, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you know, at at low light, with with just using their eyes, then also using using the night vision, people are just aren't accustomed to that. You need to walk, you need to move. That's really learning how to use the, that technology to be a part of you. That that's really what it's about. It's not just standing there, you know. Shooting the same piece of paper yeah. from a stationary point, you need to move. And then um, when we do the level two class, the location, it's out in the woods. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's going to be a lot more movement, and a lot more walking and navigating using that night vision in that wooded environment as well as still targets and other things that you will
2: know, be available. Um, well, and, and speaking as an absolute amateur when it comes to night vision, you can say, oh, you don't really have peripheral vision with night vision. You, you can hear that. You can parrot that back to people, but until you try walking down stairs without rolling down the stairs, Mm -hmm. you have no idea. No idea. And it's like that. That's why I think that's such great utility for those higher-level classes when you're out in the woods walking around because you really need to look around and you really need to build that depth perception for yourself.
1: You're you're stepping over objects that you saw two seconds ago. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know, because you can't always be looking down. Mm-hmm. so it it's a challenge,
0: those are fun classes, um yeah,
1: I'm glad we have them. I really do because I think that night fighting it's key, yeah, I mean, it's gonna happen, bad things happen at night, yeah, bad things happen in the day too, but um Murphy is gonna rear his yep. head, yeah, and the more that you can be prepared uh so many people that we have that come out to those classes, they have some of their own equipment, yeah. There aren't enough places like you can go to the range, but the sun goes down. Can you go to the range? Even if you have a, you know, you've got that backyard, you've got that epic house that I dream of that you can go shoot off your back porch. Um, do you know the drills? Do you know the things and, and how to structure it? It's like the guy that comes to all the shotgun classes, because where else does he get someone to critique him and yep. and, and, and push him in that that, you know. You All didn't the do repetitions. That, you need to do that reload right. Yeah. yeah. Which I'm still sucking at my reloads on shotgun. <laughs> but I've been practicing. Good. Good.
0: But that, that's really, that's, I think, more than any of the classes, those are the classes where people who've done a lot of research, who have spent a lot of money on getting those tools, but then show up and don't have any experience. Or if they have, they've gone to somebody who themselves, uh, you know, maybe took a class somewhere else or maybe walked once you know down a dark alley but they don't have the time or the experience that you know that we have running those things and a
1: lot of the classes that i've seen that are night vision are very static Mm -hmm. and i mean you and i both know from experience that static is easy it's once we start throwing that movement in and that's so important yeah i mean yes Know where your buttons are in the dark. That's yes, uh-huh. that is good. Know how to do a reload in the dark. Those are things that you can train by turning out the lights. Uh, Being able to walk and shoot at the same time. Well, and we
0: had uh, I think we did rundown drills in in yeah, both, yeah, both of those classes. Yeah. So they're they're moving as fast as they possibly can under nods until they get to the point and then uh, start you know mm-hmm. engaging those targets. Anyways, um, so. The reason why we talked about that last; those are some of the last classes that we did this year, since we took advantage of the of the light mm-hmm. or lack thereof. And then the last thing we did was Saturday, where we had our our, our Freedom Day, and that was a ton of fun. Um, it was, I think, a high of twenty eight degrees, is is what it was.
2: It was a bit brisk.
0: Yeah, and then so that was the Saturday after Christmas. But Christmas Eve, it rained, and it rained a lot. Oh, so yeah. uh, there were parts in that range that were just sheets of ice. Um, so we had to modify you know the competition a yep. little bit
1: i slipped and fell that <laughs> was that was that was great your boys were sitting there laughing at me and i'm just like shut up shut up I'm... yep
0: oh they, they, <sighs> they told me about it oh, your yeah. atomic elbow down onto the. oh yeah, onto, yeah yeah
1: shattered the ice uh-huh glad it shattered the ice not my elbow
0: <laughs> but that was that was a pretty good time um we had uh you know the shooting competition that we did as well as we had some shotgun that not very many people took, took advantage of that yeah n-
2: People usually don't.
0: Yeah. So then we ran the um, um, some rifle drills, and then also we ran uh, some uh, some pistol drills down at th- that Bravo range. But what was really cool then was, uh, you know, all the the groups of people that were there and talking and
1: yeah, you know, just enjoying each other's company. We, we say it all the time in classes. This is to come together. You're going to learn. You're going to train. And you're going to meet other like-minded people. Saturday, that event we had groups of people that they knew each other they learned more people found people that were in their area and it was great to hear people exchanging information hey the next time you come to class let's ride together Mm -hmm. that is awesome and one of the surprises um somebody said jared
0: i'd like you to meet and uh they introduced me to a pennsylvania state representative who was there and kitted out and fully participating I'm only saying, not saying his name because he didn't give me permission to. But uh, I intend to, to be talking to him to in the future. That was really cool to see one of our state reps out there, you know, slinging lead with, uh, with, with the best of us, with the rest of us. That was that was pretty cool.
2: It's always good to see that, and, and for me, these uh, uh, Freedom Days because we've done this multiple years now. Oh, yeah. it's always like a class reunion, mm-hmm. you know, because you always, write, hey, how you doing? Uh, you know, you always run into people, and it's nice to catch up with the students, too, and, and find out what they've done since. Mm-hmm. And, uh, again, a lot of that, a lot of that. Yeah.
1: and I, I have to like, say that uh, I'm a fair weather soldier, so uh, <laughs> I definitely think we should have, like, I don't know, a spring day well, or uh, a summer day. When,
0: we, when, we, when I first started doing them, uh, we were doing them around 4th of July. Mm-hmm. That just got to be, like... Too busy and too
2: too crowded. Yeah, yeah. And, and you either had one extreme or the other. Nobody showed up because everybody had 4th of July plans, mm-hmm. or everybody showed up and brought everybody in their neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because we've, we've definitely had issues where we've done that. And, you know, the, even with as many people as we could put together to, to run things, you still had people waiting in line for 20 minutes. Yeah, and we and, don't want that. No, no, no but that doesn't do anybody any good. So... It worked out well this yeah, year. Yeah,
0: it did. Re- really happy, even though we had to cut some of the stuff short and we yeah. didn't have some of the stages because well, of the sheets of ice. But and sheets of
2: ice and, and COVID. Yeah, you know, we we had we had some staff shortages and it it happens. Yeah, you know, and
0: really want to thank F three Tactical because they donated the mm-hmm. Velocity Gear, the um, the very uh, unique and, and special uh, uh, assault pack that's Velocity only made once just for F three. I want to thank them of uh, focus group. We, uh, they, we had, they donated one of their, um, med kits that we gave out. We had a uh, Tremis dynamics, uh, made, he's making these, uh, these grips for, for ARs as well as for AKs, um, that Ammo play Warehouse is, is, is selling. So he donated one of those. Then also Ammo play warehouse. So we gave out, uh, a total of $500, um, uh, worth of coupons to to buy ammo, which is it's it's really cool and appreciative, but it's kind of sad because that five hundred dollars would have bought more ammo a month ago <laughs> than what it could today.
2: Yeah, I and mean, you feel what two three magazines yeah. with that now, <laughs> yeah. you know uh, exactly. Law Folder, oh yeah. definitely Law, yeah. Tactical. absolutely, yeah. yeah.
0: They are uh, Zach Law and in, in Law Folder Law Tactical. They're some really good people, and they've been friends of ours. They've been friends of mine for a long time. Really appreciate yeah. them.
1: Mossy Forge,
0: yeah, Mossy mm-hmm. yep. Forge. Uh, they we gave out one of his, uh, one of his axes that he yep. donated um, that was inscribed, Freedom is not free. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. Yeah, that was, that was really nice. I mean, we had some good prizes. Oh, yeah. We mm-hmm. had a heck of a prize, table. Yeah. I mean, that it, was...
0: We gave out a lot of classes, but saving the best for last uh, at Rock God Brewery. They, they gave a $50 uh, coupon to, you know, to some of the brew, so that was pretty cool of them. All good friends of ours, and we're really appreciative for, for the support of all those organizations and, and individuals.
2: Yeah, we're all in this together, you know, and, and it, it's nice to see that kind of support come out.
0: So, again, one of the reasons why I've always wanted to do these events, we mentioned it, I'll mention it again, is is for the companionship, getting to know people and getting to know good people, like-minded people. So, for those of you who attended, maybe you didn't know one of the things that happened, but someone who attended, his alternator in his vehicle went bad. Um, <laughs> so, what did the group do? He, you know, came to me and uh, I just, you know, said, hey... I, With this crew, it's going to get fixed. I'd go talk to this person. So they pulled that truck into the shed. Someone went out, bought the right alternator. They uh, changed it there and got his truck up and running. And again, just a good example of when you're around good people, independent people who can take care of themselves, then uh, when the moment comes, then we can pull together. We can help each other.
1: And, you know, it's great that the amount of knowledge that, that we have, I'm not an IT guy. I have an IT guy sitting right next to me. Mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. I, we we all have that uh, that little skill that, that we bring to the table. On the team, it was amazing. You you get a deployment, you you show up at a team house and there's the guy that can cook. There's the guy that you know, he has a mechanical background, you know. The the, the weird hobbies that come out of the woodwork oh, yeah. that come together to make things successful.
2: The stuff you never think is gonna, you know, do you any good all of a sudden does yeah Yeah.
1: absolutely
0: yeah that was that was a great day uh we are already scheduled for uh christmas comes on a saturday next year Mm -hmm. so we'll be doing it new year's day so january 1 of 2022 is is the next one that's scheduled but i am going to try to see if we can't work out an appropriate day sometime in the summer to run something similar um you know there this summer so uh that's a pretty interesting year Yeah, You know, we didn't really get into uh, all the craziness with the, uh, um, with the election and stuff, but uh, yeah, interesting year. So before we close out, you live
1: in interesting (laughs) times. Yeah.
0: Yes. But before we close out, let's talk about some of the uh, exciting stuff that we're going to be doing in 2021. I think for me, one of the ones I'm most excited for, and and I hope it happens Um, right now, it'll depend on how many people sign up, but we are scheduled to go to Alaska Oh, yeah. For, for six days in, in June, we're planning on running our level two pistol class and our level two uh, rifle class there. Um, I've got a friend. He's actually my, was my original battle buddy in the 82nd. We uh, shared our first couple firefights together and he's up there and he's um, uh, law enforcement in Alaska. So they're hosting us and bringing us up there. Um, I think th- the biggest concern is just the cost of ammo, that if, if we can get some kind of break, which... I don't see that happening. But if we can get some kind of break, then, then I know that class will fill. Mm. And that's really, I think, the biggest concern is, is, is the cost of ammo for that class.
1: That's one of the cool things about this company is we're not tied. You know, we, we can travel. So yeah. those of you that are living out there in the West, you've got a facility that hostess host will be there. Yeah, uh, we, we will make the calendar work to get you guys training in those places that don't have access to good training. Yeah, you're not alone
0: well i've been to idaho i've been to colorado multiple times as well as we've been up and down the the, the east coast mm-hmm. and stuff yeah yeah um another group of classes that i'm really excited and we need to do a podcast just dedicated to it We i keep teasing S-U-T. keep promising that yeah, yeah, S-U-T. S-U-T. there's so much to learn just as an individual in those sut classes as, as there is uh you know working it, as a group
1: it's all about being well-rounded understanding the planning behind things it's can you can shoot a gun awesome but do you know when to shoot the gun do you, you know yeah. do you know how to lead other people uh, i'm really looking forward to those classes
2: well i, th- I think the real takeaway from for those is going to be the the whole you know take out the sh- even if you take out the shoot the move and communicate mm-hmm. you know because i i know one of the things that i I've, I've been really trying to to concentrate on with myself is uh, uh, working with other people because all these years everything i've done has been solo. Mm-hmm. You know, I never had somebody else, never working with somebody else, never doing anything with anybody else. And when you add other people and other personalities and other ability levels into there, it really complicates things. You know, the, just the, the the one thing I saw with the, uh, the vehicle class I, I took a couple of years back was, uh, and I was guilt, as guilty as anybody, but when people are shooting and then it comes time to move, they just move. And like the guy over here who's, well, wait a minute, where'd he go? <laughs> you know, uh, it, it's, it's a desperately important part of that mix. And, and I think that, that SUT class is really going to help you well, with that. we
0: have two classes, uh, we're, we're running three, uh, times, um, but we have two classes. One's a five day class and, uh, the, the other two, um, classes I've been running they're each three day classes, um, they're designed with very low actual round count. I think for one yeah. of the classes, it's 150 rounds. Yeah. And then uh, the other class, it's no rounds at all. It's, it's strictly UTMs that we'll be using out, out in the woods. But the focus is working together uh, in, in leadership, so everyone's going to get a chance to uh, to, to be that leader to make yeah. those decisions, mm-hmm. and everyone's going to get a chance to. I need to be that follower, and the best thing for me to do is say Roger that and execute the you know the plan that yeah. was put together. Yeah,
2: I think that's vitally important. Yeah. You know, if you look at the the, the mall shooting in what Kenya, uh, that directly applies to that kind of situation. You know, you've got to be able to lead, or you've got to be able to take instruction and mm-hmm. follow. Mm-hmm. Either one, and I, I think that's a great great use for that.
1: I'm looking forward to the uh, austere environment. I mean, a lot of the survival stuff that you and I, we all grew up with in Boy Scouts, you know, how to purify water. I mean, I find myself last year or the year before uh, where we had a, a natural disaster and some of these things, people didn't, I didn't realize my neighbors didn't know that. They didn't know how to purify water. They didn't know how to, you know basic stuff that our ancestors literally survived with yeah uh, they have lost that institutional knowledge. Um, I'm so excited to take those things and share it. This is a perfect class like I, I mentioned with the land nav for parents and children to come to. Come and learn with your kids how to do these things. This is a you know great opportunity to get in the woods do some camping and instead of sitting around the, the table playing cards, you're learning how to start fires and how to procure food and different things like that that could save their lives.
0: Absolutely. I, you reminded me, I, I read a talk and listened to it too um, by a gentleman who was um, grew up in Canada and then they moved to the United States. And his talk, he wrote and he gave it sometime in the 70s. But the whole point was... Um, The evils of welfare, the evils of the dole, the Mm -hmm. evils of of socialism. And an example he gave is up where he grew up. There was, in Canada, there was a dump. And uh, a colony of seagulls way inland, they were there, and uh, they started going to the dump. So it became very easy for them to get food there. They stopped hunting for their food. They stopped going to the water. So then this dump was there for these seagulls, something like six or seven generations of them growing mm-hmm. up. This is all they knew. And then the dump filled up, and they closed it off. And then even though there was plenty of water and and, and, and food available, these this colony of seagulls... They had no idea how to feed themselves. Exactly, yeah. because they had lived off that socialism mm-hmm. plan. They lived off the dole. Everything was just free. They had no idea, so then the colony died because no. you know, they... Didn't know how to feed themselves. Simple things that they should be able to do, but yeah, couldn't do. Good talk. Um, Some of the other things that uh, I know we've been talking about, and uh, I think the the Freedom Day kind of like sealed the deal, is that the,
2: uh, what did you call it? The 50-state compliant? 50-state compliant class. Yeah. And and what is that? Well, uh, basically, uh, you know, talking about the Freedom Day, one of the things I love about that is uh, uh, people don't just bring ARs. You know, carbine class, you get, Ar 15s uh, the battle rifle class has and that a one little... guy with the Tavor that yeah. everyone kind of laughs at. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the uh, uh, the like the battle rifle class, you get a wider variety and that kind of thing. And Freedom Day, I mean, we had uh, three grands, including an M one D. You know that somebody took a second mortgage out for that. <laughs> uh, we had FALs. Uh, we had a, a guy with an Uzi. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just we know, had a. Eight millimeter Turkish Mauser, an eight millimeter Turkish Mauser, and and people have these 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 older you know curio and relic rifles or uh, carbines that have been beaten around in their closets like lever guns and that kind of thing, and uh, uh, we really want you to be able to get out and shoot them, Uh, so we're we're putting together the the curriculum for a a fifty state compliant firearms battery, you know where we're going to talk about shooting these old guns and the proper method of shooting these guns and uh uh, revolvers you know the the, you know you talk about things being lost you know the art of properly using a revolver is is dying uh so we're going to talk about that and it's going to be a fun day it's going to be you know kind of low round count Mm -hmm. because not everybody you know has has cases of ammo dug out of a bulgarian farmer's uh, fields like some uh, of and, us
1: and you know a, a magazine change on a mauser is a little bit different than <laughs> uh, it, it is know, but yeah. it's, it's
2: faster yeah. it is not as not as many you're doing more of them but it's still faster uh so and we'll talk about you know driving across country uh what to think about what kind of firearms to have to be 50 state compliant uh, and that kind of thing. And and we'll run some of our foundational drills with some of these 50-state compliant firearms. Uh, I think it'll be a good time.
1: And it will give you appreciation for your AR.
2: Yeah, it certainly will. <laughs> it certainly will. Uh, I think if there's one thing that uh, everybody uh, discovered, because they were guys shooting set-me's as well, uh, and, and a couple other uh, oddballs. It's one thing every everybody discovered. Uh, wow, these AR-15s are light. <laughs>
1: You know. Well, you know, we we kind of mock this a little bit, but we also mock the people, this new generation that can't drive a manual transmission, you can't mm-hmm. drive a stick shift. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's the same thing. Uh, if you had to manually cycle your weapon, could mm-hmm. you do it effectively in a gunfight?
2: Yeah, and and I I've seen on repeated occasions, and it happens in the shotgun class too. People bring that shotgun up, bang. Okay, then they go to pull the trigger again, and they can't figure out why it doesn't work. <laughs> like, you, you have to work the action, you know, and, and it's, the, it's the same with these older guns. And they're out there, they're available, and uh, like we always say, it, it's not the tool. Your your mind's the mm-hmm. weapon. Everything else is just a tool.
0: Well, you mentioned, uh, you know, the set and the fouls and stuff. Mm-hmm. One of the nice things about the range there in Lebanon is now they are just about complete with their, their 300-meter range. Yes. So then... We'll be able to start using that not only for the battle rifle class, but we also have some dedicated marksman classes built around the AR platform. Totally,
1: totally. So you, you can actually push yourself with that. Yeah. yeah. When I say push yourself, take that 10.5 inch AR pistol and make a 300 meter shot. It's exactly. doable, it's possible. Yeah. Well, and we'll be able to exercise our 308s, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I always feel bad
2: that we're only shooting out to about 100 yards 100, yeah. with these two with these yeah. At that location, yeah. Yeah. Uh, And now that that this location is going to have 300 yards, wow, that's going to be some fun.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, And then the next thing, or I guess the last thing we'll talk about as far as classes for next year, is we're really going to be expanding our our, our med classes. So not only are we going to be doing not just like four-hour blocks and day classes, but we're going to be doing multi-day classes with moulage, with... um, Different environments and stuff at night as well. So, you'll be using red lights or blue lights or, you know, even um, doing some procedures and stuff under NODS. So, we're really going to be pushing our, our med classes. Um, and in a future podcast, we'll introduce you guys to Dustin, who he's, even though I'm a soccer medic um, with his background more from the academic side, he's the one who's going to be running some of these classes. And I really look forward to that. Again, that's just being that well rounded individual. Um, you know, I've got all these. Gunfighting skills uh have i ever used them here stateside no but my medic skills and experience as a soccer medic that's what i've used being the first one on the scene of a car crash um a couple different times in other situations where you know that useful skill has been put you know put to use
2: um, life is dangerous it's, yeah. it's nice to know how to fix things you know i, I guarantee you i will i'm more likely to use uh, my IFAC or my blowout bag or whatever, when I accidentally cut a toe off mowing the lawn, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> than I am ever probably going to be in, in treating yeah. a gunshot wound yeah. with it, and that that's why it's so important to know this stuff.
0: Well, that's that's a good review. We've talked a, a lot about a lot Was of an stuff. Interesting year. Yes. You know. <laughs> so, so. Any parting uh, words from from you, gentlemen?
2: Well, I I think uh, stay the course. You know. 2020 is either going to uh, be a year of great awakening or it's, it's going to be, you know, the start of the, the downhill journey. Only history is going to be able to tell. And I think, uh, you know, the people who, who do this training and the, the people who are independent, like, like we keep saying, and the people who are actually adults are, are the ones that are going to make that choice. And uh, well, I guess we'll see in 10, 15, 20 years just yeah. how it worked out.
1: Yeah, all i gotta say is you're in the right place you're with the right people keep working and bring others with you
0: cool i guess the my closing remarks are thank you um lodestone started pretty much uh january 1 of 2020 so it's only been in existence this this one year even though the three of us here and a lot of the other instructors we've been teaching for for a while um This is the first year of the company, and I think we did very well. It was a privilege meeting you all. It was a privilege working with you, spending some time on the range, um, sharing experiences, learning from each other. Uh, We wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for you, for your support, and for your enthusiasm. Um, Thank you, and we'll talk to you again soon.